She has hooves, man. Like I'm the Budweiser wagon <laughs> I'm telling you, she's got hooves. Clippity clop, clippity clop. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, October 2nd, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 344. This is No Agenda. Coordinating the new casting call from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning from your new chief external organizer, I'm Adam Curry. And from foggy northern Silicon Valley where it's, um, let me think, foggy. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah. Oh, I, we always enjoy a weather report on a podcast. There's nothing quite like it. It's great. That way people can feel better about themselves. <laughs> hey, three weeks ago it was foggy. <laughs> Please, it's a podcast, John. It's uh, one of those... Uh, people are listening on the fly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, I saw on the spreadsheet that uh, we probably have about 1.7% donating the $10 at the end of the show. So I'm, I'm moving up. Oh, I didn't look at the $10 thing. <laughs> That's all I look at. <laughs> hey, you didn't have to scroll that far. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Hey, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam, and in the morning to all ships at sea and boots on the ground, if any of you are listening, also feet in the air, which I'm sure you're not. And if uh, you uh, came to us as a Lou Rock- Rockwell.com reader of his site, in the morning to you, this is the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. Now, we got a link from uh, LouRockwell.com yesterday. Oh, yeah? Did it, uh, did it result in any yeah. link love? Yeah, it resulted in crashing the server. I was up until like 1230 trying to keep the thing running. Why? <laughs> nah, I don't know. What rinky-dink operation are you running over uh, there? Yeah, well, it's case in point. That's what it is. Rinky-dink operations. Just me. Yeah, were, the, they going, were they going to the... Huh. Yeah, I was linking. Why weren't they just linking it, directly to the? What was the? Where did the link go? Where where was it? It was linking the into show? the yeah into the NA show notes into the asset archive. Uh, it was uh, NA NA uh, dot com is a is a Squarespace site, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, what I what I would have done if I hadn't known if I'd known about it earlier is I would have uh, made a little YouTube video of the clip of when we were talking about John Stewart omitting uh, Ron Paul's the best part of the Ron Paul interview. And I would have done a little YouTube video, and I would have, have uh, and I would have redirected to that, uh, which would have been great. But you know, the, the rinky-dink operation—it's what it is. And uh, of course, in the morning, to uh, all of the human resources who are charged up this morning, ready to go in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Good to see y'all. And uh, I think uh, that we should probably start today with. Uh, Occupy Wall Street. John? Well, there's been a bunch of people arrested finally. Of course, they had to basically stop the traffic on the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> Please arrest me. Arrest me. What, it, it's, this is very interesting. Uh, we, of course, uh, started basically pre-promoting this uh, three weeks ago. Then there was no coverage. And... Uh, now, uh, as predicted, uh, the mainstream media is all over it in two ways. One is, gee, we don't really know what it's about. It's, what, what do they want? It's kind of confusing. And the other one is, of course, that the shills are showing up, of which I have a couple uh, of horrible examples. And I think I have some advice for uh, our Occupy Wall Streeters because, of course, uh, people are just pissed off. And listen to this NBC report. I, I, I wanted to get a mainstream uh, news report. 
about you know how this is being told to the masses because you know CNN and Fox News that's a very small percentage that watches that I think uh, PBS and NBC is where uh, most uh, you know I think the big masses will will get their uh, news from that what began with a small disorganized protest on- disorganized there we go right off the bat on Wall Street in lower <laughs> Manhattan here nice. in New York yeah. has grown today to demonstrations nationwide against corporate greed from New York to L.A., even up in Maine, people took to the streets to express their anger and make sure their message is heard. But what exactly is their message? Oh, nice setup. We sent NBC's Michelle Franzen to find out. By the way, Michelle Franzen, <laughs> do you know her? No. Smoking. We are Two weeks and counting. Several hundred faithful protesters continue to camp out at a park near Wall Street. Their numbers grow each day, fueled got, by the power of social media. So they're showing like hippies sitting around banging on drums. A few scuffles with NYPD and the common... A scuffle. It's just a scuffle when you get maced and... Uh, <laughs> ...threat of discontent over high unemployment and distrust of government and corporations. There's something unjust going on right now in this economy, and this society. John Avitable drove from Connecticut to speak out. Because we can't pay... Now listen to the people. This is always very important. So now this guy, of course, he's not a representative of the movement, but they put him on TV, so this is what the movement is being represented by as, as far as, ever, as the public is concerned. For big expensive lobbyists to work for what we want. The sit-in has turned into a small community, complete with a food kitchen and media center. But by design, there is no one leader of this group and no organized set of demands. We're each doing our own thing, but we're doing it together. We're coming together and we're saying things need to be changed. How are we going to do this? Protesters may still be working to define their message, but the complaints of corporate greed and social inequality are resonating far beyond the streets of New York. In Los Angeles today, protesters took to the streets to show solidarity. I can't travel to D.C., I can't travel to New York, so I think it's great that we are um, doing this in cities across the United States. Even in Portland, Maine, a hundred people turned out. The movement, labor experts say, is also gaining the attention of high-profile activists like Michael Moore and union leaders, backing that could elevate the conversation to the political stage. This is a liberal version of the Tea Party, especially with young people who are getting mobilized and, and expressing their grievances. I think this could potentially carry over into the 2012 elections and get people to the polls. So... Um more or less as we predicted, this is now being marginalized uh, by making it so completely under- uh, not understood by the, the smart people who are on television. And it's amazing that when you have uh, exactly the same protests going on in Greece or in Spain or uh, the past two days even in France... That that's real, Israel. Well, uh, Israel, uh, but of course the Arab Spring, then it's, it's understood. Well, of course, it's, uh, you know, of course these people are getting screwed. But here it's like, I don't understand. What is the, I mean, don't we live in the greatest country in the world? I, I, I just don't understand it. You know, you know, I should mention that there's apparently a, a, a similar event taking place in San Francisco, which is getting zero coverage by all yeah. our media. So, I yeah. mean, it's, everything's a fractal. Yeah. So the San Francisco event is not discussed at all by anyone, just like the rest of it. Then it, then it will be discussed if, if, unless it peters out. Well, here, here's the warning I have to... Um to people who are participating in this. And, of course, I encourage the, the – I think it's a great idea 
Although I would much rather see media hacking going on because you're now being hacked by the media. That's what's happening. And it's really sad. So either we have to get to a point where the National Guard comes out and then we really have like a square type of event. But now they've brought out the shills. And and please, I uh, I beg you. If Michael Moore shows up again, stand in front of him with a V for Vendetta mask and say, corporate shill, corporate shill. That's what you have to do. Russell Simmons. <laughs> Russell Simmons, who uh, is a hundred millionaire, he uh, comes, he's, he's, he actually on his uh, blog or website, he says, Total corporate shill. He says, please raise my taxes. And he goes and he sits down there in New York. Now, I have an interview. Hey, with you know, him. by the way, you, somebody should remind me. You can voluntarily. Yes, pay any there's, taxes a, there's, a, yeah, there's a little checkbox on your uh, on your return. I won't be taking advantage of that this year. <laughs> you can help pay door to pay down the uh, the national debt. That's sure. So Russell Simmons is on, I think, MSNBC, and he has an IFB in an earpiece, and you can see it because he's fumbling with it at the beginning of the interview, and they're talking to him. And I want you to pay attention. To what happens, because they clearly, the minute he goes a little off the reservation, because he's there essentially to propagate another hijack, which is the president's message. So this is now uh, being hijacked on multiple sides. Russell Simmons being flown in from uh, direct from the White House to get the jobs bill uh, up in front and attach the jobs bill to this act. And you can actually, you can almost hear the producer yelling in his ear and listen to the shillage that this guy is spewing. I think that we need some adjustments. And I, and I think the protesters represent a, lo- a growing number of uh, Americans who feel that, that there is a class warfare. And, and there- class warfare, good talking point. But you're waging a great war on, on the middle class and working class uh, and poor Americans that, that are, are suffering. I think that uh, corporate control of our government is. is I do something wrong. It's, <laughs> yeah, I think corporate control of our government, and you, the producer goes, no, 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 and he said, uh, did, did I did I say something wrong? Did I did I did I do something wrong? Play that back. Yeah, well, I'll play it all the way through. You can hear him backpedal on it. It's, it's, it's strip, it's strip. <laughs> corporate control of our government is is um, undue and. Oh, and, it's undue. Okay. That's the word they whispered to him. Just say undo. Undo that. Who feel that, that there is a class warfare and, and the rich are waging a great war on, on the middle class and working class. Who's this guy uh, kidding? Now, now listen to it again. Here comes the bit where they're yelling in his ear. And poor Americans that, that are, are suffering. I think that uh, corporate control of our government is... is I do something wrong. It's, it's, it's strip. <laughs> corporate control of our government is... is um, Undo and, and he's at, he's literally holding his hand up to his ear. Did I do something wrong? Did, did, oh, I'm sorry. Did I, oh, I shouldn't have said that corporate. Oh, I'm sorry. It's um undo because you know someone said undo that. Whatever you said, undo it. Uh, undo. And also all special interests. And I believe that we need to do something about that. I think that's one of the first steps. I think we should be very careful to protect our social programs. And, and I think they're, they're making the Republicans mostly, at personal opinion, the Republicans who are receiving 10 to 15 times more special interest money. In- <laughs> it's the Republicans. <laughs> the guy on the Republicans. <laughs> what a do. Well, hold on a second. I got a douchebag for that. Let's keep going, Russell. Corporate money have to have to um, be exposed and we have to discuss this on a national stage and this this is a small seed that could grow into a, a great movement i was going to ask you that you've decided to join this process you're, you're a businessman but you're also a citizen 
Um, you heard Mayor Michael Bloomberg say last week that if this disparity of wealth wasn't reduced, we're going to see riots in the streets. Of course. You know, the, the poor have nothing to eat. They, the next thing they can eat is the rich. They eat the rich. There it is. De- woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Good one. Let's, let's keep on going, Russell. You're doing great now. <laughs> Russell, you're doing great. Eat the rich. It's really, you're doing great. Keep going. I mean, it's really, it, it's, uh, it's getting worse. Uh, I got a, I got a, a hundred million dollar check. I gave away 10 million or so. All my employees, every single one, paid more taxes than I did. Yay! <laughs> what? All his employees, he got a $100 million check from, uh, I don't know, Obama. He gave away $10 million to all his employees, and they paid more taxes than he did. Collectively, maybe. It, it's, it, it's a lie. And the guy it's is in lie. that it's only... It's crap. This guy's in that same, the same ship that uh, Buffett's on, which is the ship of bull crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, floating like a turd in the toilet. Give me a break. So uh, Michael Bloomberg was raised there once again. And this, of course, is an older interview from several weeks ago <clears throat> where he says, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, riots on the streets. But uh, listen to Michael Bloomberg these past few days, morning radio show in New York City. The protesters are protesting against people who make forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year and are struggling to make ends meet. That's the bottom line. Those are the people that work on Wall Street or in the finance sector. And <laughs> What planet is this guy from? The people who work on Wall Street make 40, 50 grand a year? Really? <laughs> are you talking about the janitors? Uh, probably. At Goldman Sachs, they're probably doing better. <laughs> but there's more. We need uh, the banks. If, if the banks don't go out and make loans we will not come out of our economic problems we will not have jobs and so anything we can do to responsibly help the banks do that encourage them to do that is uh, what we need Um, I think we spend much too much time in this country worrying about why we got into problems as opposed to how we go forward also we always tend to blame the wrong people we blame the banks they were part of this but so was Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae and Congress they were just part of it Listen, I mean, we're blaming the wrong people. Stop looking back to look at history. You know, move forward. Eat the rich. And here's the kicker. Uh, this was um, some live interview in uh, in New York this past week. Well, the, nobody has any confidence. If you're a bank and you have money, would you make a loan when people are talking about putting you in jail for what happened in the mortgage crisis three, four years ago? You hunker down. <laughs> Uh, hey, if you want a loan, stop stop trying to put me in jail. Isn't that what loan sharks do? Hey, man, I'll give you a loan as long as you don't you know turn me into the to the federales. Well, I don't know how Bloomberg's expecting the banks to do anything. Here, uh, play the depressing clip of the week. I think summarizes the situation where banks aren't going to loan anybody anything. Oh, it's kind of early to get depressed, but let's rock it. Currency like the Japanese yen that the most recent inflation number was 3.8%, well above the Fed's target. So I don't buy the argument that in a weak economy, you don't get inflation. You gave the example of Germany. Spain at the moment has 20% unemployment. Prices are rising. Britain has a high unemployment rate. Prices are rising. So you just there are other sources other than the labor market to give you inflation, 
and we're going to get them. All right, Mr. Edwards. Um, there's these gigantic negative risks out there that uh, something big and bad is going to happen to the American economy. We don't know what it is. If you go back and look at the January 2008 CBO projection, they didn't project a recession. They said, well, maybe a recession would happen, but they, they actually projected growth would be strengthening in coming years. So we're going to be surprised by uh, the next big uh, recession or negative factor. If you look at CBO projections, I mean, there's no recessions in their 10-year outlook. But what if we have a gigantic recession a few years from now, another major recession? Uh, you know, tax revenues would plunge again. Unemployment comp costs would soar. Uh, a lot of policymakers would want to do another giant stimulus. And we'd be in this sort of uh, spiral downwards of, of debt and, and, uh, and poor economic growth. So, uh, you know, we've got to start planning now. Um, the risk factors are all on the negative side. European countries have this horrible demographic problem, worse than ours. Their debt loads are going up. And there's a, a you know, a, so the higher their debt loads become and the higher ours becomes, the more risk of an international sort of a contagion, the more we're all at sort of a tipping point. And if Europe can go into another deep recession, it would cause a, a deep recession here. Uh, so, you know, the risks are all on the, on the, on the uh, ugly side, I think. Okay, in my last 15 seconds, any of you want to comment on the, on the, Thing. Here we go, everybody. Follow the bouncing ball. Oh, here again. Let the da -da -da, let the fun begin. Happy days are here. Let the da -da -da, happy days are here again. You weren't singing along. That was good. Yeah. So um, was it um, someone sent me a note, which I thought was kind of interesting in, rela in relations to all of this. Uh, and you just mentioned uh, yourself that we are essentially witnessing a fractal, you being the cycle man and uh, and lord of fractals. In fractal mania. Uh, fractal, <laughs> fractal fr this Sunday, 1340 burning nitro funny cars. Fractal mania. Um, John C. Dvorak's Lexus, <laughs> the old one. In, in 1848, there were revolutions. Do you recall the revolutions of 1848? Uh, well, I think there was a French revolution for starters. Okay, and what was that about? Uh, it was about eating the rich. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, I wasn't there actually. I just missed it. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> the European revolutions of uh, 1848, known in some countries as, you'll love this, the spring of nations, springtime of the peoples. Springtime for Hitler. Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> and that's what I thought, too. So this whole spring thing is even a fractal. It's just, this is the script, and we should probably, and I'm kind of counting on you, um, to go back and take a look at 1848. Uh, over 50 countries were affected. But there was no coordination or cooperation amongst the revolutionaries in the different countries. Five factors were involved. The widespread dissatisfaction with political leadership. The demand for more participation and democracy. The demands of the working classes. The upsurge of nationalism. And finally, the regrouping of the reactionary forces based in the royalty, the aristocracy, the army, and the peasants. So here's what I suggest. 
if you are put on camera, which and, and you probably won't be if you're smart and you have something intelligent to say, because it's going to put the chick with his finger symbols on TV. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Hello. Hello. We're, we're all we're 99 percent. If someone says, what is this about? You just have to say exactly the same thing as the Arab Spring. We want regime change and we want the evil dictator removed. Let me mention this to people out there who follow my uh, cycles theory. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at 1848, which was a moment in history, and uh, go through the 40-year cycle. We go from uh, 1848 to uh, 1888, which was just the beginning before we had the uh, 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 1893 dead-on crash which uh, mimics 1928, which is another 40 years later, which was, again, a moment in history just before a crash. Uh, Then we had 1968, which, of course, had the same kind of revolutionary fervor with the hippies and all the rest, 1968, just before the crash, which happened the next year. And then had another 40 years of that. We had 2008, which had the housing crash. So this is all like just like luck to me. This is all lockstep, predictable stuff. So what? So well, this is good because uh, Lois, our PR expert, uh, has said we need to predict stuff so that she can then go tell mainstream media how great we are. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so what is next in your fractal theory, John? What What is the well, next step? I think the guy from the, the the clip that you heard of the gloom and doom guy was the, at the end was the <laughs> right Cato on. Institute character. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I think what's next is uh, more of the same. I think we're gonna. This is just the beginning. That's not a prediction. That's not good enough. Well, what am I supposed to do? Okay, somebody's going to get shot. Mm. I don't know. Very good. I like that one. Michael Moore? Well, mm. probably not. Anderson so, Pooper? Uh, anyway, what's going to happen, of course, we're going to have a huge, uh, you know, another downturn because it's already shaping up. Yeah. Uh, unemployment is going to go above 10% probably for the first time for and, a while. And so I have a question. I've always wanted Which to ask you this. bogus, by the way, because unemployment is actually about 22% right now. I wanted to ask you a question about this. So if you have inflation, right? And let's say we have kind of uh, like big inflation. How many percent would that be? Like runaway inflation. Like We're, Well, runaway inflation is ridiculous. I mean, I was in Brazil during its era of runaway inflation where you have hyperinflation. We, we've never experienced that, and I don't think that's going to okay, happen. Okay, well, let's just say in, in your... Five or six percent, maybe. Okay, so is it is it the case then that let's say you think the, the market on housing, for instance, has... Or uh, anything, the car... Right. No, let's go with houses. Stay with housing. Okay. As far as I can houses. see, uh, well, let me, here's my, I would say here's that my the question. reason the banks aren't loaning money is because they expect the housing market to collapse further. Right. So why would they loan money? So if it collapses further, let's just say it's at a, at a bottom, and you buy a house for, I'm just going to say $100,000 just to make it simple, and then inflation kicks in, isn't it then cheaper for you to pay off that house because... Uh, the house was a hundred thousand, but it's but the price was already set. It doesn't go up to say a hundred and five or a hundred and ten or a hundred and twenty thousand. And you have you should eventually have more cash to pay that off. Or am I just being total disc jockey here? No, I think there, there's a basic theory that if you can run up the devalue the dollar through inflation, then you get to pay off your your debts in cheaper money. Which is what the U.S. government is doing. But that, but that doing. assumes you, you get more money. But the way things have been going, it's been <laughs> kept from people. If we are the canary in the coal mine, that ain't happening. <laughs> 
We ain't getting so, more money. We're only so getting there's, less. There's all these different, there's so many variables in this, and you never really know what's going to happen, except all you can tell for sure is that there's going to be a massive slowdown. Yeah. Europe's going to fall apart. We've been predicting that since day one. Well, I, I have a different And we're going to be in that. the toilet in about two years. Well, there's no, I don't see, you know, one of the things that's interesting about this cycle that I keep promoting is that in, uh, in, Wait a minute! Are you promoting this? Would you stop? Maybe you're the problem. There was it should have been like a market crash in 1889, like 29, and the rest of these years, but there wasn't. And there was actually a boom in uh, 19, uh, or I'm sorry, 1892. There was like a mini boom, which would which would match next year if we if somehow Obama could crank the economy up for about a year and make everybody happy, run the market up, and then they had a massive depression in uh, 1893, huge. And I don't think I think we're going to have the depression part of it, but we're not going to have any benefits in the front end. It's just going to be a mess. No, that's not true, because as you and I both know, what really increases during every single downturn and depression? Hookers. Yeah, hookers. uh, The hookers get better looking and uh, and the music and the movies are, are higher quality. So that's good. I like yeah, it's that. good for you if you're investing in a movie. Or in hookers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's thank a couple of people who uh, came out and uh, supported us for this program. Uh, this is what we do. Uh, people who support uh, the most or support the show the most on each episode become a titled executive or associate uh, executive producer. It's a real title. It's just like Hollywood when you're watching the TV and you see executive producer. That's because someone paid for that episode. Now, yeah, unfortunately, so we have exactly two, a couple of people. Yeah. We have uh, Sir Boris Marinoff of uh, Aliso Viejo, California, and he uh, for and he donated $344 to the cause. Oh, Please send Club. some karma to me and my wife, kids, and my future offsprings. Absolutely. And a member of the 344 Club. Nice. You've got karma. Of course, the only 344. The only member of the 344 yeah, the only Club. Member, yeah. But we have the 345 Club coming up, people. Three, four, magic number three, of the decade. Three, four, five, six, seven is actually what it is. Yeah, three, four, five, six, seven would be good. Shuttle experts in Croydon, New South Wales, $200. Uh, they'll be the associate executive producers. Hey, guys, keep up the good work. Please de-douche me and send me some karma. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Tight double shot. And that's it, right? Yeah, so I have to assume our last show was terrible. Yeah, I, well, we never like our shows, actually. Yeah, so we can't even judge them anymore. No. I can give you a couple of PR uh, mentions, some efforts that people are doing out there. And uh, I think that, the, I don't know if this actually does any PR good for us, but it, it does make me chuckle. No, but we do have, where's that list, by the way? Domains.nashownotes.com. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, over 700 domains registered and forwarding to the noagendashow.com website. Uh, this is actually a pretty good one, which might get us some uh, some extra traffic. Angadget.com. dot uh, com. This is don- donation dude who thinks <laughs> one that, of those. I misspelled it. What's this? <laughs> yeah. And gadget with an A instead of an E. I like that. Also, LarryandCurry.com. As you know, uh, John was uh, uh, posted in a school as a perpetrator, as a perp uh, named Larry. <laughs> so now LarryandCurry.com is a uh, a great. A great little uh, website, that, uh, or domain name that goes to NoAgendaShow.com. That is the cnsaygallery.org website, <laughs> which one of our producers put together. But I guess you get that uh, our jingle when you open up the website. 
Uh, I live on Long Island like a lot of other Long Islanders. I take the LIR to the city in order to work and push that American dream forward of just getting by. Given the nature of the task and the nature of current events, the Manhattan Transportation Authority has decided to increase their visual and oral assault upon myself and the multitude of other consumers by displaying the following see and say materials below. I recorded and displayed them here to show those who are interested exactly what they are doing to push this meme forward. And, of course, he has a general call out for you to uh, participate and help him out with uh, with any pictures and videos, which is actually good because people send them to me, and I really have nothing I can do with them. So uh, org uh, is a nice little producer project. Then we have bestpodcastintheuniverse.com. I had no idea that that wasn't registered. So if anyone asks you that no that no gender thing, what is it? Where, how do I find that? Just go to bestpodcastintheuniverse.com. Ah, okay. Burnsmymuffins.com. Forwarding to noagendashow.com. Andrewboltetcock.com. This is something we haven't really followed because this is a down under story. Uh, Given Nation Down Under, uh, Adam and John, we've registered andrewboltetcock.com to forge no agenda show.com. The reason why we chose the name of Andrew Bolt Eat Cock is because of the recent federal court decision in Australia that Andrew Bolt breached the Racial Discrimination Act in a series of opinion columns published in Australia's News Corp publication, Papers Online as well. Andrew Bolt did no research on these people's backgrounds and was trying to vilify them because they are fair-skinned aboriginals. Creamies, I think they're called. Uh. Anyway, I have attached the article with the full details, and there's a wiki page as well. Uh, so that's a local story that we need to look into further. Fireworksandfurs.com. Our business, we can open the doors, John. We've got our website. Yeah, we just need a shack in Idaho. <laughs> McGurkinEffect.com. Uh, if you don't know what the McGurkin Effect is, Google that. That's uh, from, You know what the McGurkin Effect is, John? No, tell me. The BBC had this thing. Um, and it apparently has been around for a while. They show you a guy, and it's a video, going ba, 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 like a sheep. And then they show you the same guy, and when you look at him, it sounds like he's going fa, 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 fa with an F. But when you close your eyes, he's actually saying ba, ba, ba. But because you're looking at his mouth, your brain automatically turns it into an F. It's, fat, it's, it's amazing to watch, and you, you can't get away from it unless you literally close your eyes, and then you hear that it's exactly the same as the first clip, and that's called the McGurkin effect. Which, huh. Yeah, it shows you the power of television also. Yeah, that's the, well, we, you, you have pointed this out from the get-go when we were starting to do clips, and I kept bringing in these clips from uh, the various Law and Order uh, episodes, and we, we, once, once you turned off the video and just listened to them try to act... It was pathetic. I yeah. mean, you could just see there was all kinds of, and you could see hear the innuendos, and you could hear the propaganda, and all this stuff came out. In fact, we've done clips on the show numerous times where, uh, until we play the clip itself, would one or, one or the other of us say, "What, what did you notice yeah. that he did this?" <laughs> yeah. You know, we didn't even notice ourselves. And uh, I've I've actually started to not watch videos when I'm recording the sound bits to make sure I don't miss anything. And actually, I caught one today, which you'll think is pretty funny. That's coming up. A couple more domains here, biodiversitynow.org, forwarding to our noagendashow.com, as well as biodiversityinitiatives.com. I may get a little bit of love here or there, so I might stumble across it. Oh, here's one for you, John, thefactofthematter.org. There you go. <laughs> I could use that. Don't worry, you will, I'm sure, before the show is over. 
AdamCurry2016.com, and here's probably one of the best ones, InTheMorningJoe.com. I like that. <laughs> For those you don't know, there's a show here called Morning Joe uh, with a couple of shills on it. So uh, we highly appreciate that. And, of course, thanks to our executive producer, Boris Marinoff, Sir Marinoff, to you and I, and our associate executive producer. He's also uh, the sole member of the 344 Club and our associate executive producer, Shuttle Experts. Thank you uh, so much. Again, uh, unlike the phonies in Hollywood, we will vouch for you if someone needs to know if this is indeed an official credit. Everyone else out there, you have a mission. Your mission is to go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Come on, you know it by heart now. Shut up, slaves. So once again, uh, to those of you occupying Wall Street, if you were interviewed by the mainstream media, uh, tell them we want exactly... The same as our brothers and sisters in the Arab Spring. We want regime change, and we want democracy, and we want this evil dictator removed. It's that simple. Yeah, and also request a no-fly zone. Yeah. <laughs> a NATO no-fly zone. We didn't need to write this down. A NATO no-fly zone. We want uh, this evil dictator removed, and we want regime change. Perfect. That's all you have to do. So, of course, uh, everyone is uh, waiting to hear our take on the alleged droning of Anwar al-Awlaki. What? Who I am now calling Anwar al-Aktori. What? What happened? (laughs) He got droned. No. By the way, you can go to gotdroned.com, tracking uh, droning of U.S. citizens since 2011. And uh, it was two, actually, uh, according to the the news. Not just Anwar al-Awlaki, but also Hamir Khan, Shamir Khan, who uh, published the uh, awesome magazine Inspire. And uh, I don't. I, I, By the way, I think you're missing the guy's la- the real pronunciation of the guy's last name that makes a lot more sense than your interpretation, which is uh, Al-Awlaki. I thought it was Actori. I think a lackey is better because <laughs> la- well, it actually is spelled a lackey or so, a lackey. Do you have a? Uh, I have a take on this. What is your? Uh, what is your take? No, you give me yours. Uh, it never happened. The guy is an actor. Always has been an actor. The whole thing is bogus and fake. Yeah, it's well, same as mine. Basic. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it would be exactly the same. Well, I mean, it's obvious. I don't think he was. I think he was a real person, though. I, I don't believe he. Oh, was. Oh yeah, no. His, his name is uh, Terry Greenberg. No, and I think that the, 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 it was an extraction. It, of course, See, you always think the whole thing's bullshit. I always think it's an extraction. Oh, That's because the difference yeah. between you and I, basically. Well, so here's what I understand. It was actually Samir Khan, the guy who um, uh, published Inspire magazine. A, gl- a great glossy magazine. They, they've That's- changed his his backstory, <laughs> by the way. Now he's the co-founder. Oh, <laughs> co-founder. Um, great. So uh, he was the one that came out uh, just last week and said to Ahmadinejad, "Hey, hey, hey! Stop blaming uh, the American government. That was us. That was Al Qaeda. Stop! Stop!" So, so they got rid of that guy, or maybe I'm, I'm, I'll go with the extraction story because, of course, they're both CIA. But I truly, 
here's what I'm missing. I'm missing interviews with um, Anwar al-Aktori's flock. His, uh, he was a, an imam in America. Where are the interviews with the people who followed him? Or were those just extras? Because I'm just not buying. Terry Greenberg. Um, and there's a couple I believe he's in Falls Church, Virginia, by the way. Yes. <laughs> they got lots of. There's a lot of acting work in Falls Church, Virginia. Now, it, it, to, to me, the guy was always an actor. And they trumped him up. And now, of course, that they're not that denying everything, not saying a single thing. I mean, did you see Carney, the spokes hole? That I did not see. Or I don't. Or maybe I did. But OK, so they have uh, you Jake. Have it? You have the clip. Yeah. So you have Jake, who is with the compromised ABC News organization, compromised because the new president of ABC News, uh, his sister is a personal advisor to the president. And Jake has his script. And Jake's uh, mission in this <clears throat> is to grill Spokeshole Carney, and all. I mean, and, and it's good. He does a good job, but it really is only meant to make you feel like someone is on your side. Jake, you said that Alaki um, was demonstrably and provably involved in operations. Do you plan on demonstrating? I, you know, I should step back. He is clearly. I mean, provably maybe a legal term. I. I. I think. Provably. It has been well established, and it has certainly been the position of this administration and the previous administration, uh, that he is uh, a leader in, uh, was a leader in AQAP, that AQAP was uh, a a definite threat, was operational, planned, and carried out uh, terrorist attacks that uh, fortunately did not succeed, uh, but were extremely serious, including the ones specifically that I mentioned in terms of the uh, uh, would-be Christmas Day bombing in 2009 and the uh, attempt to bomb uh, numerous cargo planes headed for the United States. Did, did, you know, we followed all this. I don't really remember all these links to all these things. Do you remember them saying all that and did they, proving it? And It's just solidifying the, the script, I think. I, I don't actually recall any proof being shown. No, they don't have any proof. I mean, they just uh, this whole thing seems to be kind of a... Uh, I think this is like folded and folded upon itself. First of all, immediately when the president put out the kill order on this guy. Two years ago. The killing of an American citizen. And the last president that actually did that would be Clinton. And uh, although I don't know that you can trace it right to him, but the FBI definitely. People should, if you haven't done this, people out there should definitely go to the Wikipedia and look up Ruby Ridge and read that story. It's quite interesting. And that was, uh, that wasn't, that was Janet Reno, right? And this was in the 90s. And it was Reno and the FBI. And they had uh, gone to pick up this, this backstory is this guy. Gary Weaver was in a beef with a neighbor, a see something, say something neighbor who lost a lawsuit against Weaver. And then he started calling the FBI up saying Weaver's threatened to kill the Pope. He's threatened to kill the president. He's threatened to do this and that. So the FBI started following this guy around. It was a little nutty and they went in to arrest him, but he's in this compound. And so uh, it kind of gets out of control. And the next thing you know, some sniper under orders kills his wife in front of him, in front of him, kills his kid in front of him. And then shoot, and the dog gets shot somewhere along the way. Now that's the, going too far. The guy gets in. They get. They, they know who the shooter is. They, they at the very last minute before the statute of limitations, even though they didn't know murder was a statute of limitations situation in Idaho, they decide to indict the guy. 
And then the Fed say, no, 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 you can't do that. Uh, we'll take the case. And they took the case and immediately let the guy go under uh, sovereign immunity, which is a very sketchy. Sovereign one. immunity? Yeah, what sovereign you... immunity is wow. the, the fact that you can't sue the federal government for certain things. Oh. And I guess murder would be, <laughs> would be one of them. <laughs> hey, man, if, I, if the government kills you, you can't sue them. You can't so, do that. Uh, so the government has already done this. And it, it didn't get much. They played it up to the public as this guy was a nutball, he was a tax avoider and all the rest, complete lunatic. And so nothing came of it in terms of public outcry. Now, this is this situation's occurred, and there's been some uh, complaining about it, very little, generally speaking. I, the, the thing that I thought was the interesting coincidence, as soon as they sh- supposedly killed uh, Alaki, the, uh, I, I immediately put my... Uh, VCR onto the Napolitano show on Fox because Napolitano has been bitching about this this kill order since it since it was implemented. Napolitano show has not been on the air since. <laughs> it got bumped for a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. And well, everyone is propagating this message. And <coughs> excuse me, I went to two. Uh, well, first of all, let me just finish up the last 30 seconds of uh, of Jake grilling Spokeshole. It's a four-minute clip. You can find it in the show notes, 344.nyshownotes.com. Uh, so Jake is really playing along well with the script, and he's really he's standing up for the people. And uh, he was on the morning shows this morning. I saw he's everywhere. And he's a, Jake is the guy. Again, it is an important fact that this terrorist who is actively plotting, uh, had plotted in the past and is actively plotting to attack uh, Americans and American interests, uh, is dead, but I'm not going to, from any angle, discuss the circumstances uh, of his death. Do you know that the Center for Constitutional Rights and the ACLU tried to get permission to represent Alaki? On, uh, his father had, had asked them to do that, uh, but they needed to get permission from the Treasury Department and so that they could challenge his being on this targeted killing list. And the administration, the Obama administration, refused to let them represent him. To not even he did, he couldn't even have the ACLU representing him. That well, I, I would send those questions or take you those questions to Treasury or, or Justice. I don't I don't have anything on that for you. What do you think, constitutional law professor Barack Obama would make of this? <laughs> I like that. So Treasury. Yeah, go to the Treasury. Treasury can tell you why we killed him. What's Treasury got to do with it? ATF or what? It's just, it's just, that's, that's his standard answer. The whole, the, the I think whole, something. I think he made a mistake. There's something to that Treasury. The thing. whole thing is funny. Now, I went to two opposite ends of the spectrum. I went to Fox News, Fox and Friends, which is just hilarious. But I also went to the other end of the spectrum to PBS McLaughlin Group. And you'd, you'd think in the McLaughlin Group... You'd think that there would be at least one voice of reason in all of this. Uh, and typically, by the way, that's Eleanor. Uh, not so on, uh, on this issue. But he, listen, this is a short clip. Listen to her flub and you, uh, see if you can spot it. Well, uh, the drone killed a very guilty person this time. Um, it's not as symbolic as bin Laden. And most people have not heard of this gentleman. But because he's an American citizen, he speaks English, he's a very charismatic figure, he has a foot in both cultures, he's been recruiting American citizens to become 
uh, terrorists, and he exchanged emails with the Fort Hood mm -hmm. uh, terrorist um, shooter. Uh, he helped coach the underwear bomber and the New York Times bomber. He's a he's he's a he's a terrorist. So, <laughs> did you catch it? No. What the New York Times bomber? Oh, is that <laughs> that's exactly right. Because the New York Times is the one who made it up. The New York Times bomber. So she's she's not even lying. I like that. By the way, what is the meme about this guy being charismatic? Have you seen him? He's about <laughs> as uncharismatic as anyone I've ever seen ever. Google Terry Greenberg and look at some pictures. This guy was an actor. So there was an executive order, and I kind of like this. Because uh, McLaughlin was actually the only guy who uh, who was kind of questioning what was going on. But besides the fact that this is phony, it's meant to spark a debate. And it's meant, I mean, what's better than having drones shoot you as an American citizen is being afraid of drones shooting you without actually and having by, spent any ammo. Way, I want to mention that people should note this. The uh, McLaughlin report, we've talked about this show in detail in Deconstructed some time ago, we included with some people that used to produce the show. The show is scripted to the letter, to, the, to, the, to every nth degree that's scripted. Oh, I appreciate your point. It's not a bunch of guys ad-libbing. Uh, that's very good of you to point that out. Uh, so there's executive order, and catch this, 12333, <laughs> which I didn't realize until I was listening this morning. Say, oh, of course. Executive Order 12333, written by uh, former President Ronald Reagan. President Reagan, in 1981, issued Executive Order 12333. Buchanan was there working for him, otherwise known as the Assassination Ban. Here is the language of the law of the land. No person employed by or acting on behalf of the United States government shall engage in or conspire to engage in assassination. No agency of the intelligence community shall participate in or request any person to undertake activities forbidden by this order. Unquote. Question. Was it legal? I ask you, uh... Liz, for President Obama to order the assassination of an American citizen. So now that instead of Tony Blakely, who I kind of liked always on the show, so he's off. They have this uh, not so milfy woman, but she's young. And I think she, she writes for a blog or something. I'm not quite Ooh. sure. Um, I, you'd have to look it up. I'm not sure. Uh, what just her I name. can tell by her voice. Yeah. Play it. Well, I think the White House would tell you that they derive their legal authority for any operation like this from um, uh, the, what Congress passed in the wake of 9-11, basically authorizing uh, the United States to defend itself against the Al-Qaeda network. And so they think they have plenty of um, uh, legal cover for this type of operation. Yeah. And I think if you look at where the American public stands at large... Uh, where do you think the American public stands at large, John? I, I think we all think it's great, don't you? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be uh, a widespread uh, sense of outrage for, for nah. something like this. Nah. Um, I think the more interesting thing to raise, however, to some extent, is when you look at the success that this White House has had um, in terms of uh, combating al-Qaeda and on you know, foreign policy in general. <laughs> it's now foreign policy. That's, that's what this is. It falls under foreign policy. Um, why isn't uh, the president getting more credit for this? And you yeah. hear some Democrats actually in the wake of what happened uh, uh, what? today saying, you what? know, maybe. Yeah, more credit. America, yeah, here to see the month, month, day now. The White House needs to start doing a little more chest thumping in the manner of George W. Bush, perhaps, or yeah. at least drawing a little Bush more attention to the fact. Nothing like this. You no, can shut her off. 
Well, Can I have a couple well, of little... I, I, well, I'd, I'd like you to listen to... <sighs> well, Buchanan says something really interesting. Okay. He's coming right up. And, and then I, I mean, I just have a, f a couple things. It's, it, this is what we do, John. We have to deconstruct this. That, that they've actually had a run of real success on the foreign policy front. Mm -hmm. uh, more. Well, I mean, whatever else you want to say about it, it, there certainly is a moral justification for going after somebody like this. And moral. we are involved in a totally different kind of warfare than we've ever experienced before. We're and here it comes. Buchanan's going to shoot it in. Involved with a group of terrorism who, who use any means to, to disrupt whatever they can in the United States. So I have no qualms about with the fact that we did it. And I think it's wonderful that we are taking out some wonderful. of their leadership. And I hope that this keeps wonderful. them suppressed and on the run instead of attacking us. Mm -hmm. I think it's absolutely right. justified. Pat? I, wish and I don't think just uh, something on this would be necessarily appropriate. Uh, I think the president does have a good record on national security, and that kind of flips the polls, because mm -hmm. normally that's a weakness for Democrats. I'm sorry, Pat's coming but up, but it's important. He really hammers his home. That's the number one uh, issue on everybody's mind. I do wish... A, you know that uh, Al-Waki was an American citizen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John, yes, he was. He is an American. And he, well, he, and was. he was inciting terror well, against American, American citizens. <laughs> John, so. but here's the thing. I do wish the United States... the president doesn't say this is a war on terror. But yes, he does. He doesn't put it under no. that category. No. No, he yes. no, he does war not. He avoids war, war on, it's a war on Al-Qaeda, but I do wish the uh -huh. United States had formally declared war on the Al-Qaeda network. Okay, so that's, that's what it is. It's a shift from the war on terror to the war on Al-Qaeda. That's what the fundamental shift is. Remember now that the brand new director of the agency, the, the Bureau of Counterterrorism, uh, is a lawyer. We've tracked this guy all the way back. He's a lawyer, and this is down to the legality because it's the war on Al-Qaeda. Uh, and uh, here is PBS propagating their meme in their 6 o'clock news. The U.S. war on Al-Qaeda. There you go. It's the war on Al-Qaeda, John. That's the change here. And that's why it's okay. Well, we took out their top guy. I think that that war has long since ended. There's a couple interesting little things, sidelights I want to point out. One... On the show before they shot any of the, or blew these guys up, supposedly, I had predicted Samir Khan was going to be in the news. That's correct. So how come now, we, Samir Khan yeah, shows up in the news as, a, as one of the another American, by the way, that's killed. Uh, and I would think that if he was actually killed, that his family, which still resides in the United States, would have a wrongful death suit on their hands that they could throw at the USR at the at the government, the CIA, whoever. They, they were, really won't say who did this. But I thought that was interesting. The New York Times had a uh, they the New York Times had mentioned they talked about this con guy, and they and they kept over and over again, this meme keeps cropping up. Let me just read. This is also in the government security news. It shows up. It says. Uh, in his magazine, July 2010, he has run how-to articles on terror techniques, including one called, quote, how to make a bomb in the kitchen with your mom. <laughs> That's sexy. Now, the funny thing is that this was, this, this was highlighted in the New York Times, and what's curious about it is it has exactly 30 letters. And it was, and the exact same thing was run three times on the same page of the Times. Huh. It was run in an article about him. It was run as a pull quote, and it was run in the article above about uh, a Lockie. And I just think that there's code here that says, "Hey, this guy is either not dead, or they don't pay too much attention to this story, or whatever." Well, it's the magic. It's the magical three. And also, that's a magic number. Oh, yeah. 
the magic number. And also they're using Qaeda rather than Al-Qaeda, which also means something. But anyway, so this, but now the, the problem I think that's developing here that has to, that nobody is addressing because there was a number of articles describing the legality of killing Americans uh, by fiat. Right. Uh, they, everybody that I read, and I read all this, there's articles again in the, all the national media where every, apparently everybody in the Justice Department and most of the government workers all said that this was was totally legal because it was self-defense. Oh, yeah. The, the guy was clearly attacking us, planning attacks. With <laughs> a knife in his hand. With a rubber knife and a compass. So I'm thinking, and now they're going to make the war on Al-Qaeda, the war on this, the war on that. So now, now it's been... We've been given the go-ahead, and by the way, this is going to be very interesting in the years ahead when Obama tries to travel to Europe, because this is not getting past the world criminal court, I can assure you, or international criminal court. Which we don't so, recognize. So this guy's never going to get out of the country. I'm telling you, this is I can, that's a prediction. So, and, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, so, the, so where, where do we, when do we start using drones in Mexico and taking out the drug lords? I mean, when do we start? What are you talking about? When? It's been going on forever. This is this is only just the beginning. This is just the beginning of drone nation. I want to see. I, I want to see more and more of these drone attacks. Yeah. When are we going? When do we start with the with having the drones over San Francisco or Boston and and taking out protesters? Oh, any day now. You have to remember that in the '60s, and of course, I, I did the timeline earlier. Uh, that just at, the, at at this point in history. Uh, I believe within a few years, the uh, National Guard shot a bunch of students at Kent State. So yeah. the idea of killing Americans by the by our federal government is nothing new. We had no. the Weaver thing more recently, but we had the killing 40 years ago at Kent State. And so I su- suspect there are going to be some deaths coming up here, big ones. And nobody's going to say crap about it because everyone's already gone along with the, with this, this remote... No, no, it's good. Kid. No, we like it. We, in fact, and uh, everybody thinks it's great. It's fantastic. I saw Nick Robertson. Dangerous man had to go. I saw Nick Robertson, the former uh, uh, satellite engineer who now is the senior correspondent at CNN. He used to like point the, the satellite dish. Uh, he did a whole report talking about autonomous drones. So autonomous drones. <laughs> it's crazy. Robocop. Yeah. Uh, Skynet. So autonomous drones fly around. They have uh, uh, bio uh, bio data on you, you know, from when you go through the body scanner and stuff like that. So they have your profile. They have facial recognition. And then if you're on the uh, if you're one of the lucky four hundred and twenty thousand on the list, because that's how big the list is apparently, um, then you'll just be taken out autonomously. No guy, no, no one has to, f- to fly it. No one has to say go ahead and shoot. It's just the drone will know. It's great, and that's why we have the uh, the next gen uh, aviation system on the way. So these drones can just do anything they need to do. By the way, it is kind of a uh, a minor coincidence. Coincidence? I think not. That the underwear bombers trial is starting next week. Kind of kind of convenient to have these guys out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Another actor who we've never these guys you know it's I don't believe any of it anymore I just don't believe any of it anymore and 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 to have Spokeshole Carney say well you know we're not talking about you know how he was killed or whatever in I, fact why if they're not talking about how he was killed why was it ever even announced yeah, to to be awesome and to to frighten why you why didn't and they to, just shoot the if this, if this is all true let's assume that the 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 uh, scenario is accurate 
and this happened. What what is the point of telling us? I know people who used to uh, work on the drones, sysadmins, and part of their job would be they'd get a request, and the request would be, "We need pictures uh, of the of some person we droned." And this person actually left that job and was lucky to get out because this person was getting physically ill of retrieving the pictures from the server of people blown to bits. But they have that. It exists for every single drone strike. It's, it's, you know, it's high def. It's, it's great footage. And quite, quite honestly, I would invest money to turn that into a reality show. And I've been saying this for a while. It would go over big with the American public the way they bloodthirst the American public. I think we have the autonomous drone, and then it's flying around, and then it sees a dude, and then we get to a text message vote whether we kill him or not, whether he gets droned. And, and it's all live. We've said on this very show many, many times that we should have ex- public executions. They should, that should be a reality show. We should be broadcasting be that live. We'd a lot live. more money do, do producing that show. Yeah, but no kidding. And I, I see nothing morally wrong with it. We're, we're killing people. Who gives a crap? Um, anyway, actors. Terry Greenberg. Google him. And by the way, I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. Uh, not quite an ask, Adam, because I don't want to listen to the theme. <laughs> we hate the jingles. Yeah. When did the CIA become part of the military? When Leon Panetta joined. It was a, a flop. Switch swatch. It's perfect. Ah, come on, man. How come the, how come the Air Force isn't doing these drone attacks? Yeah, because uh, the Air Force actually the wa- pilots. No, the Air Force actually wants to fly. These are just kids with Xbox 360 experience. And the Air Force hates the drones. They hate them. They think it's wrong. And, and you know, it's like having, as they say, some guy looking through a straw flying that thing. No, 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 no. D- uh, just for laughs, though, because this, of course, is what the American public is being told and consumes. You have to listen to Fox and Friends about this because it's 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 it just it's if you don't laugh, then uh, that'll be two minutes of your life. You never get back again. And I apologize. OK, so go the reports. And this target was finally uh, was finally taken out. The question remains. What happened to his remains? How That's was right. he taken out? Who were those people with him when they died? And if it was such a, so important to do the so-called right thing with bin Laden's body, isn't it equally important to do the right thing what's left of his body? Uh, well, well, that'll remain to be seen. However, the most important fact is that he's dead. <laughs> and uh, this, let's just talk about how far-reaching his Listen tentacles... Uh, <laughs> you know what? It, I love this, this woman by that. It's just important that he's dead, all right? That's cool. It's, he's dead. That's important. Were because specifically, he was an expert. I think he was described earlier this morning as a cyber master. Yes, I'm a cyber master! Where was that described? The president... I've never heard it. The president should have said that. He, wa- he was a cyber master. He was when was he ex- a cyber master? Well, I'm Fox and Friends. Where's she getting this? <laughs> Who cares? It's hilarious. And I can see up her skirt. Expert on the internet. And we all- He's an expert on the internet. He's a techno expert on the internet. Know that that is the place where so many young people were being radicalized, specifically <laughs> in English-speaking nations. Uh-huh. So right here at home in America, one of our yeah. guests was talking about Canada, Britain, Australia... And let's talk about the links that Al-Awlaki had all the way back to 9-11. Apparently, two of the hijackers <laughs> went to hear him 
in a mosque in San Diego oh. in uh, 19, or in 2000 before the <laughs> September 11th attack. So he's been up to this for. I'd never heard of this guy until they cast him a couple of years ago. This is totally bullcrap. It's just like, remember that? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Quite some time. Then he had the connection to the Times Square bomber. Then he had the connection to the Fort Hood shooter. Then he had the connection to the underwear bomber. So will this now end some of those homegrown attacks that we've been seeing at least here in homegrown. at home and also in Great Britain? Or, or will those continue since he seemed to be the mastermind of many of them? Mastermind. Right. mastermind. He is homegrown here in the United States. Uh, this particular guy. Made in the USA. They said that, that's what it should be. Al-Qaeda made in the USA. Homegrown right here. Uh, often referred to as the American terrorist. He was born uh. in New Mexico in 1971. And we Mohammed. And he'd contacted those two, uh, he'd had contact with the two pilots, uh, the, the hijackers from Flight 77. <laughs> Do you remember any of that? Flight 77? This is all, you know, this is like bull crap. Well, that's that's why. Here, final 30 seconds. And he also used the word inspire, Steve. I believe inspire. that was the name of his magazine. Listen, oh, the inspire magazine. Oh, for those of us who haven't downloaded the PDF, please uh, kind of milfy, not so hot looking woman whose skirt I'm intended to look up. Uh, please, please tell me about Inspire Magazine. That he had out on the uh, internet. I remember we did interviews when it first came out, and many people were so concerned about the fact that this thing looked high tech and it was glossy and it was going <laughs> to attract so many people to go there. <laughs> hey, remember that, John? How high tech and glossy it looked, that PDF? It's sad. Who watches this show? Oh, you'd be amazed. Idiots. People still watch the Today Show. That's where you should get your clips, not from these idiots. Okay, where's your Today Show clip? I don't have one. So um, I got a couple of funny clips, though, on this. Uh, They had, I thought there was a lot of interesting mixed messages coming out of this assassination. Uh, they had Christina Amanaba Pura Pura Pura. Yeah, who's who's been compromised now that she works for ABC. She makes the comment that now we're safer, but that was in direct conflict with all the sudden emergence of oh we're we're not safe. We're more we're more da- we're in more danger than ever because they're going to make up. Uh, they're going to you know make He's up. Martyred. He's martyred. He's martyred. He's been martyred. Meanwhile, she I play the safer or not safer clip because she has a she has the most unusual pronunciation for his name, much better than uh, an actor or a lack lackey. The president said it is a major blow to Al Qaeda operations. What will the reaction be from the Muslim world and also is the U.S. safer? I would say the U.S. is safer. As the president says, this deals a very significant blow to Al Qaeda. American jihadis were a big problem, according to intelligence officials here, and Al Alki was a major inspiration and motivator of American (laughs) jihadis. So this is a big, big deal from all the way over. Alki? Al Alki? Al Alki. (laughs) Now he's an alcoholic? Apparently, Al Alki. That's pretty crazy, man. It's like, really, you got to turn off your TV because this is. Uh, and what I thought found interesting on this morning's news shows, which I always have a little bit of time to have that on the background, they're not talking about this at all. It's all about the elections. It's almost like the memo went out and said, "Okay, now that we Chris have Chris Christie, yeah, Chris Christie, exactly." Now that the memo is out, you know, let's all talk about something else. I don't know. It was, it was kind of crazy. I think they got. I think there's, there's, they have all kinds of problems. They don't know what to do about. It. By the way, there was a Fox did a special report on Al uh, Alaki. Alki. Um, Al Alki. Al Actor Alki. Al 
Al- 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 alcoholic, <laughs> uh, where they actually discussed uh, whether or not he was uh, flipped, as it were, and, and oh. back in the, after the nine eleven, because he was uh, a speaker uh, at the Pentagon. And, and he was a speaker, and then the funny thing was, I they showed these memos that they and they, they highlighted stuff, but luckily with the HD, I could stop uh, the stop oh, the recording, and right. look and read these memos that they weren't really reading. This guy got a degree at Colorado State, yeah. got a master's degree at San Diego State. Then he was getting his PhD at George Washington University, mm-hmm. and this was in 2002, I guess. That's where he got recruited, and uh, yeah, because he was in the Virginia area. And yeah, it's where he got recruited. But they, they try to discuss this a little bit. They don't go, you know, they don't, uh, they talk about one of his visits and the fact that he came to the country and then he went to a, the mosque in London. It might be worth playing this this clip because there are some tidbits in here because apparently there's a cover-up going on. And this report ran over the weekend at some weird hour, so very few people got to see it. But uh, I thought it was revealing. Young American Muslims. Uh, to go join the jihad, and that uh, Tamimi sent him out of the house and, and sent him away. FBI agent Wade Ammerman, what role did he play in the case? Wade Ammerman was the number two or the lead guide in Ali Tamimi's case. The very same Wade Ammerman who was first called when Alaki arrived at JFK. I mean, there are a lot of things, once again, that seem like a very strange coincidence. Whether there was ever an operational relationship with people like Awlaki, I think are questions that others in the government can can answer. I just don't know. Good questions. I asked the government, what is this guy? How did this guy get to Ali's house? Who brought him there? Did you tape it? The idea that Anwar Awlaki is just going to be allowed into the United States, uh, you know, to travel around, maybe go shopping, is preposterous to me. I don't know if Awlaki was flipped or not. Does this look like he was flipped? It's possible. We filed Freedom of Information Act requests with the State Department to get Ray Fournier's Alaki passport file and with the FBI for the October 8, 2002 electronic communication. It is cited as footnote 33 on page 517 from the 9-11 Commission report. We wanted to see if it is connected. The FBI lawyers told us is that they couldn't find it. And then when we pushed them on this particular document, they then said, well, sometimes the commission report, the footnotes are not always accurate. (laughs) Have you had a lot of problems with the footnotes in the commission report? We had a site-checking team that actually pulled all the documents referenced in our footnotes and made sure that they connected to the assertions that were in the text. FBI Special Agent Wade Ammerman declined to speak with us. In a series of conversations with Fox News, the FBI's FOIA attorneys over a four-week period cited Herculean efforts to find the document. They were hitting, quote, brick walls. We're trying to follow up on leads. On May 17th, they told us they found it. But we can't have it pending review because other agencies may be involved. Then, sometime in late 2002, Alaki mysteriously slips out of the country once again. This time, to England. <laughs> yeah, that whole uh, 9-11 commission report, pretty good stuff. So so, so they, they finally found this document, supposedly, that they lost, and then they said they couldn't give it to them because of other agencies. Yeah, with three letters who shall go unnamed, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the six commissioners on the uh, 9-11 commission have come out and said it was f- full of holes and was no good and compromised and crap, basically. And that's not, you know, it's not reported. No one cares. I have figured it out, though. I figured out what this is all about, this Anwar al-Alki. 
So he first of all, he went to Colorado State. Then he went to George Washington University, and he was getting his PhD where? No, he was. He went to Colorado State, then San Diego State. Then he was getting his PhD at George Washington. Oh, I know the problem. He didn't pay back his student loan, so the president droned him. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of the morning. Boom. <laughs> okay, credit. there he is. <laughs> Send credit, a message. Credit the Purple Sage on that one. I have to say. Oh uh, yeah, send. <laughs> That's your typical chat room. Humor. <laughs> yeah, I like it though. This is what the country's come to, by the way. Chat room. Chat room humor. humor. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, Let's go across the ocean uh, to Gitmo Nation East, a very uh, interesting development based upon a survey which uh, and a study from a think tank, which I have a copy of, of course. Uh, The BBC broadcast this report about something new that shall be uh, held in classrooms called digital judgment lessons. We're here about information and how we get it. So you have trust on one side and you have distrust on the other side. Two school sessions in which Demos explore pupils' online abilities in Liverpool. I was searching on Google and believed the first answer that came up, to be honest. (laughs) I know I shouldn't do it, but Google's like a trusted website. And in East London, where conspiracy theories are quickly raised. There was a documentary about this guy. He does his own research, finding out that... By the way, listen to this idiot trying to explain 9-11. But uh, he, he doesn't know what it's called. Uh, um, in one of the FBI, you know, the building that got hit by a bomb, um, plane. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, it was a, not a plane. It was a missile from the army. Some pupils are internet savvy. Others fall foul to the problems the think tank says are common. Demos brought together existing research and surveyed 500 teachers across England and Wales. Teachers are increasingly finding that their pupils are bringing into the classroom uh, conspiracy theories, misinformation, propaganda that they found on the internet. And what I think that means is that young people aren't really being taught enough about how to critically assess and evaluate the information that they're finding online. Demos want digital judgment to be a core part of the curriculum. They say teachers need the training and resources to do that. And they want parents to encourage their children to think more critically about the information they're seeing on the internet. So uh, I looked up their website, Demos which is just demos, but they call it demos. And I found their uh, research paper. It's in the show notes as well in the assets section. And it's, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, now, of course, I'm all for uh, educating your own children about how to uh, look at things and question things, in fact, question everything. But what they're asserting, certainly in the survey, is everything on the Internet is a conspiracy theory, everything. And if you even look at their executive summary, um... They are, children are unable to recognize... What's, this, what, what's, the, what's the URL of this thing? It's... Uh, hold on a second. I'm looking at the... <clears throat> I'll bring it up for you. Uh, demos.co.uk. D-E-M-O-S. Uh, as a result, children are too often influenced by information they should probably discard. This makes them vulnerable to the pitfalls and rabbit holes of ignorance, falsehoods, cons, and scams. Inaccurate content, online misinformation, and conspiracy theories, such as those which surround the death of Osama bin Laden, are appearing in the classroom. That's pretty egregious. Ooh. 
Misinformation, propaganda, and conspiracy theories are being brought into the classroom. 47% of teachers surveyed report having encountered arguments within lessons or submitted schoolwork. Good work, kids. That contain inaccurate internet-based content they regard as deliberately packaged by the producers to be misleading or deceitful. For example, Holocaust denial packaged as radical historical revisionism. Yeah, bring in the Jew thing. That always works well in a survey. 18% report this happens on at least a monthly basis. Perhaps more surprisingly, 48% of teachers surveyed report having had arguments in class with pupils about conspiracy theories. More than one in five reported this happened on a monthly basis. So here's kids questioning. I don't know if they're arguing per se, but they're certainly questioning things. The answer is quite simple. The Department of Education should join forces with the private sector and third sector to create... What's a third sector? What's it says the third sector? It says, yeah. CIA, MI6. <laughs> yeah. The Department for Education should join forces with the private sector and third sector to create a set of teacher resources. Ah, Ministry of Truth. Both the Department for Education and Internet companies such as Google and Yahoo <laughs> should create materials that can be used in the classroom and where possible teaching assistance. A bespoke web presence should be created to provide an overarching context for digital fluency teaching. This is the start of your digital internet license. Yes, well... I want to remind people we do have podcasting licenses available for $33. Now, here's what, he, now I, I feel as a personal PR fail that we were not mentioned in this document. But at least we got this kind of on a, <laughs> a sideline. Misinformation often thrives because it is more attractively packaged and disseminated as shareable, social media-friendly products. Teaching resources must use the same techniques to teach as the young people use. YouTube videos, webinars, interactive tasks, and podcasts. <laughs> so, uh, did you look at the people that are involved with this? The, They're all uh, government. Staff? They're all government shills, the whole thing. Well, did you see the picture of Jake Chapman? What, what no. do you think he's all about? <laughs> no, hold on a second. Uh, under people, let me see, staff, Jake Chapman. Hold on. <laughs> He's a, a Lego robot. <laughs> Jake has been a Demos associate since 2002 and is working on the Legal Highs project. And the guy's stoned. He couldn't show for picture day, apparently. <laughs> That's just crazy. So this is, uh, there you go. Oh, it, also the use of imagery. I, I really, this is amazing. They are totally, with that. I'll just read it. With YouTube, Vimeo, Flickr, and other social media sites hosting visual content, image manipulation techniques are increasingly allowing misinformation to be powerfully and attractively packaged. Yeah, by the government. <laughs> the conspiracy film Loose Change, which claims that 9-11 was a false flag attack perpetrated by elements of the U.S. intelligence, became an internet sensation attracting millions of views. The litany of errors, misattributions, vague insinuations, subtle misquotes, and outright falsehoods were masked by a cool soundtrack by DJ Schooley, atmospheric narration, and mesmerizing video editing. So these guys just, just in one little paragraph say the whole thing was bullcrap. Did then, they explain uh, World Trade Center 7? No. Oh, well no. then... No. It has to be taken with a grain of salt. No. But then they do go into, uh, quote, Cass Sunstein, 
So it's, it's a beautiful thing. WTC seven won't go away. So I see the director of this thing is one of your pals at the Financial Times. Oh, really? That doesn't surprise me. Who's married to another person at the Financial Times? Of course. Now this is Ministry of Truth, and uh, but to, to say we have to have this these teachings of how not to get duped on the internet in the classroom is uh, highly annoying. Well, people do get duped a lot on the internet. Let's face it. Well, sure, but it's one thing to to yeah, you know, it's one thing to say you get duped, uh, but how about uh, not getting duped by the news? Well, the news, now here's the joke of it. The news itself, the news media people have been duped over and over <laughs> and over again themselves. Yeah. So how does this help? No, it doesn't, of course. Well, I think you're making a mountain out of a molehill with this thing. It's just a, it's just a money grab. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it gets implemented and if, they, uh, if your kids have uh, internet judgment lessons. On the curriculum. <laughs> I like the internet judgment lesson. How do you think we'll internet do? Internet judgment lesson of the day. <laughs> Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak are not to be trusted. Not a single thing they say is true ever. One of, so you can, you know, talking about twisting, there was a, there's a little feature that Jimmy Kimmel does on a show. And I, I've always, I've wanted to tape it a couple of times, but I did tape it this time. Where he, uh, and I think we should start, the only reason I want to run this is because I think it's something we should think of doing. Okay. Which is that if you, when somebody says things, if you just bleep it. Oh, that it's funnier and you bring attention to it. Well, no, you, you make it sound like they're cussing or you, or you just, yeah, exactly. You, you make, it's, there's a combination of things. But these bleeps that he does are legitimate bleeps. I mean, they're, they're taking, you, you get the right word, like, uh, like you can say, it's, it's, it's a, uh, a fake picture, you know, you, you make it say, f- uh, it, you make, you have the F and the K in there, it sounds like, it sounds like it would say, he's saying a fuck picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would be very humorous to do with a Nancy, with a, uh, uh, what's her name, a Speaker of the House Pelosi uh, speech to, to just bleep the crap out of it. Yeah, but play this so you can see what I'm talking about. Watch it over there. Okay. <laughs> it's Thursday night. It's time for a weekly tribute to the FCC where we bleep and blur things whether they need it or not. It is this week in unnecessary censorship. The president tonight was trying to raise his poll numbers, replenish his campaign coffers, and f*** up his supporters again. Tonight, I remember my parents by giving food to the hungry, clothing to the needy, and sh- to the homeless. So to come for here at Delicious Dip, just in time for the weekend. What has been the craziest fan experience that you've had? A man pulled down his pants and I his butt. Michael Jackson literally put his in the hands of Conrad Murray. I need the in the butt. I need I need that. What does your wife scream during an orgasm? Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> And she responds, oh, big I certainly don't want my children to read the internet and go, Mommy's a tramp. So, Mommy f***ed America, and I don't want that. Convicted murderer George Wright escaped from a New Jersey prison reportedly by f***ing the warden's c- I do real estate during the day, and uh, recently my partner and I have opened the city's premier blow bar and vanity lounge. You don't want to be late for your 8 o'clock appointment, sir. You're easily amused, aren't you? 
You know, I think what's funny is that how someone can actually listen to these clips and get those and 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 figure those out on the fly. Yeah. Yeah, I find uh, just regular television without the beeps funnier. Yeah, okay. Quite honestly. Okay, go on. I'm trying to lighten the show up once in a while, and this is the response I get. Well, no, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, we can do this one for you. We haven't done this in a while. And now, back to real news. Oh, my God, real news. Mrs. Obama has said she likes to do normal things that aren't a part of her White House life. But those trips have been pretty much a secret until now. It turns out the First Lady's to-do list included this Virginia shopping center. Check this out. Behind those dark glasses, tucked under that Nike cap, one of the world's most famous women. Yes, that is the First Lady of the United States at Target. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean... How stupid do they think we really are? Apparently very stupid. Wow. You didn't see What a great plug for Target. (laughs) Yeah. And I think she was wearing an Old Navy blouse, actually. Isn't this illegal? Yeah. What? Plug it. I mean, that's basically an advertisement for Target. It's like the government uh, is approving people shopping at Target. Yeah, well, they've got a they, union. Who's, who's the PR person for Target? I don't know. Well, they've got a union, right? And maybe the... No, they, I don't think so. No, I think they do. I don't think so. No. Maybe they need a union. Well, I don't think that's what the reason for this is. It looks like somebody's... Yeah, this is a this is a money grab. <laughs> yeah. My wife will go to Target, but we need a little more contribution yeah. <laughs> to, the, to the election yeah. campaign. Hey, hey, hey. Now, I'm, you watch. If you go look this up, I'll bet you the guy who's the CEO of Target's just coughed up a bunch of money. <laughs> Can someone please investigate that right now? That's a good one. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Or, or maybe it went the other way around. Hey, Barack. Barry. Barry, listen up, Barry. Um, you know, I need some support for uh, this election. Here, yeah, August 17, 2011. Target fires worker who sought union. Target <laughs> workers say no to union. There's no union there. Okay. Now, if I was a union person, I would say, hey, what's the deal? Target, here's another one. Crane's New York business is August this year. Target fires pro-union employee. Target workers reject union. Union cries foul. Hmm. So maybe there is... What's Obama? What side of the fence is he on with the union thing? I don't know. But that's kind of coincidental that there's union stuff with Target going on. Only just a month before this happens. I don't know. I don't know. But it's certainly a promotion for Target. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. And Target. Now she, uh, Target. And, uh, and now she's like the, the Easter egg. Hey, man, let's go to Target. Maybe uh, Michelle will be there. It's cool. Did you see the new uh, United States Postal Service ad? The, their new television campaign? No, what now? Okay, here's how I the meeting... they're broke. How can they afford this? No, here's how the meeting went. Um... Yeah, dude, what uh, what can we do to, like, uh, what, how can we differentiate ourselves from email? I know. We'll call it secure. Huh. A refrigerator has never been hacked. An online virus has never attacked a corkboard. Give your customers the added feeling of security a printed statement or receipt provides. With mail. It's good for your business. And even better for your customers. <laughs> for safe and secure ways to stay connected, visit usps.com slash mail. 
your refrigerator's never been hacked. <laughs> Therefore, yeah, yet, yeah. The, the postal service trying is, to put all these uh, all our appliances on IP addresses, and it will be hacked. I can assure you. I just thought it was kind of interesting that that's that's the best they could come up with. It's like, well, we're secure, you know. I've I have on the other hand waited weeks for a check to come. <laughs> uh, you know, I have had stuff get lost in the mail. I don't know. I'm just saying. Very well, weird. the attack on the post office is is pretty funny because they're obviously try. If you think it's bad now, wait until they privatize it. Yeah, which is what they're trying to do. For our uh, and, and by the way, did you know that uh, the the number of packages going through the post office is actually higher than ever? So is that a fact? And the amount of money they're making is more than I mean, within the last five years, is more than ever. Well, how does it work that they're broke then? Because they were told to 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 fully fund the next seventy five years of projected retirements over the next decade, is so they a- have to fund seven years in advance every year, and it's breaking them. It's a scam. So they're not really broke. It's, they have the money. It's just in a separate account. It's been they've been screwed out of it. They've been told to, you could, I mean, this is all over the place. The post office is doing just fine. We've talked about this before. They're being scammed probably by the forces of Federal Express and UPS and various lobbyists to put these guys out of business, even though it's in the Constitution, it might be a problem. But to put these guys out of business, privatize it, do something. So how are they going to do that? They came up with this scheme to force the post office to fund, fully fund the next 75 years worth of retirements <laughs> in yeah. the, over the next 10 years. So in other words, seven, seven years in advance every year, which you can't afford. It's not possible. It's all the profits and everything. If, you didn't, if yeah. they weren't doing this, they'd be making lots of money. So um, I haven't had the, uh, the, I just couldn't bring it up in myself to watch some of those hearings on television on C-SPAN about it. I thought I would die of boredom. Uh, did this ever come up in any of those? I don't recall. Yeah, it's, this has come up a number of times. We had a clip once before. Mm. One of the guys who's talking about this is is a massive scam. The public's being taken for a ride. So they're going to close a bunch of offices and then fire a bunch of people. And then they're going to still have problems because they, they're basically stealing the money from the post office. The post office is being scammed and the public doesn't seem to either care, no, or whatever. And the Congress is going along with it. And then the next, so the next thing you're going to have, instead of being able to mail a letter for 44 cents, it's going to cost you $5, and it's going to go on a FedEx truck. I'm looking for the clip that we played of the of the post office. So I have a post office clip from uh, Democracy Now! that I sent last week. We wanted to find that one. Well, I have one here, which is the, um, hold on a second, History of Post Office Ripoffs? Would that be something? I don't know. Find it, but play it. We'll see. No, hold on a second. Do I, you want me to get the, the one from last week? The one from last week kind of explains the fact that they're making money. The last show? Hold on a second. Let me check for you. That's well worth it now that we're talking about it. So that'll be 434? Right. Uh, oh, you know, I no, I probably deleted it. Because when, when we don't use a clip, I delete it. I'm sorry. Well, it should be in your inbox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, everyone, why don't you just go do something for yourself while Adam parses his email? Well, you got this great program you keep bragging about. <laughs> it's, 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 no, no, no. Forget about it. Um, European Union. 
I have uh, come across the smoking gun, and I've done some work for you, all those of you that live in the United States of Europe. Uh, This is about the uh, European Stability Mechanism. And this is something you have not heard of, uh, although it was, there, there is a picture of, I believe, 20 finance ministers from the Eurozone, which does not include Gitmo Nation East, the UK, because they don't use the Euro, but it's the Kingdom of Belgium, uh, the Federal Republic of Germany, these are the official titles, actually, uh, the Kingdom of Spain, the Kingdom of the Netherlands, the Republic of Austria, etc., etc., and I'm looking through this document. It was signed on July 11th, uh, 2011. And uh, so it's it's done. It's a done deal. But now it has to be ratified before December 31st of this year. And it's a very interesting document. And it, it basically, exp- uh, for those of you living in Europe, here's how you're going to get raped. Okay. Um, you want to just go through this for a second, John? You might find this interesting. Go. Oh. Committed to ensuring the financial stability of the euro area, recalling the conclusions of the European Council adopted on the 25th of March uh, for the establishment of a European stability mechanism. Now, everyone's talking about this EFSF or whatever it is, but that's actually not under, you know, that's the thing they show you in the headlines. But under the cover is this fund they're going to put together. The fund will be 700 billion euros. 700 billion. Uh, the, the ESM will cooperate very closely with the International Monetary Fund in providing financial assistance to any of the uh, Eurozone countries that should need money from this 700 billion euro fund. It's very interesting uh, because there's a couple of provisions. You know, I like to read these, uh, these documents. Um, here it is. Like the IMF, ESM will provide financial assistance to an ESM member when its regular access to market financing is impaired. So essentially, this is what they're going to do with uh, Italy and Portugal and Spain. Um, I, I have, by the way, the PDF is all uh, highlighted in the show notes. Uh, if you can't, f- so that there can be calls. Uh, so they they can call for more money and you have to pay. So above the seven hundred billion, you have to pay uh, extra if there's a cash call. If any ESM member fails to pay any part of the amount due in respect to its obligations, uh, then you basically dilute in your shares and your exercise of voting rights. So then you know if your country can't pay, then you're screwed. Shut up. Uh, you can't say anything anymore. Then we have. The interesting bits, uh, hold on, I'm just going to scroll down here. There's the capital calls bit. The ESM has its seat and principal office in Luxembourg, of course, where all the shills are. Uh, Here it goes. The ESM, its property, funding, and assets, wherever located and by whomever held, shall enjoy immunity from every form of judicial process except to the extent that the ESM expressly waives its immunity for the purpose of any proceedings by the terms of any contract, including the documentation of the funding instruments. The property, funding, and assets of the ESM shall, wherever located and by whomever be held immune from search, requisition, confiscation, expropriation, or any form of seizure, taking, or foreclosure by executive, judicial, administrative, or legal action. In other words, fuck you. Whatever we do is up to us. 
The archives of the ESM and all documents belonging to the ESM or held by it shall be inviolable. In other words, you can't go into their building, you can't look at their documents. Then the directors, or the premises of the ESM shall be inviolable. Uh, to the extent necessary to carry out the activities provided in this treaty, all property, funding, and assets shall be free from restrictions, regulations, control, and moratoria of any nature. Uh, nothing shall be taxed. And in the interest of the ESM, the chairperson of the board of governors, governors, alternate governors, director, alternate directors, as well as the managing director and other staff members shall be immune from legal proceedings with respect to acts performed by them in their official capacity shall enjoy inviolability in respect of their official papers and documents. This is despicable. So a group of douchebags got together and said, we're going to take 700 billion euros from all the countries who are in the Eurozone. We're going to manage it however we feel fit. You can't say anything about it, and you can't come after us in any way whatsoever. This is the start of what I predicted. And what was that? That all the, all the taxation. Taxation of every single Euro country, and then you have nothing to say about it. And then Brussels will have all the power. They're taking all everyone's money. 700 billion euros, John. That's a trillion dollars. And but 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 it, it, right here in the document it says if we need more money, then we make a cash call. If you can't pay, you dilute and you have no voting rights. So guess who's going to win? Germany. Well, this is a little uh, less violent than the Hitler approach. <laughs> I'm telling you, Hitler's going. Oh, I should have known. I didn't have to kill all those people. But it's the smoking gun, and just be on the lookout in your Eurozone country or member state. Be on the lookout for the ratification of this document and see if there's any press coverage of it at all. Anything. What's the name of the document again? It's about the ESM, the European Stability... Is there a name for the document, or has it got a number or something? Uh, Hold on. It's the ESM Treaty. That's uh, what it's called. I mean, it has a really long title. Hold on. Uh, it's just the ESM treaty establishing the European stability mechanism between and then it gives all the countries it's the ESM treaty and it was already signed by by unelected people <laughs> they just signed it they had, <laughs> well I had a good a, job if you can get I think we should work to try to get a job with these people uh, wouldn't it be great we could certainly do a little bit on their PR it's just that sucks Before we get into our uh, thanking some producers, uh, I want to remind you that uh, most of the news that you are hearing is uh, completely controlled by corporations. And uh, it was a fun call on NPR the other day by what could have been a no agenda listener, except he forgot to throw an in the morning or best podcast in the universe dot com. But at least he uh, made a little bit of fun of uh, the Uber lords that control the puppets on the microphones. Let's go next to Wes. And Wes is on the line from Naples in Florida. Yeah, my, my my big question is, you know, this thing is fixed. If it were a prize fight, they would put the referee in jail. Every time we have a debate, you put two guys up there, Perry and Romney. The lighting's good. The rest of them get about six minutes on the debates. Those two get most of the the media. And the same thing is through today. Ron Paul got uh, carried... California on the straw poll, I haven't heard him mentioned by you guys. He's leading the nation in straw polls. 
I haven't heard you mention that. The uh, military is behind him almost 100%. I haven't heard you mention that. Most military people are behind him. You just leave him out as if he weren't even there. Uh, is someone from up in the top telling you guys to do that, or are you doing it on your own? Oh, Wes, I'm we, just curious. We have you on the radio telling us, so thanks very no, much for the phone call. Oh, yeah, I'm a big voice, aren't I? <laughs> I like that. You know, those guys up there telling you what to say? <laughs> uh, and then ended up with bestpodcastuniverse.com in the morning. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Huh, huh. In the morning. Uh, not a lot of donations, by the way, for this show. Uh, but we do have a few. John Critchley and Forch. Uh, $111.11 along with Keith Edwards, Gilbert, Arizona, 111.11. He's, by the way, a knight. He, beca- or will he be. becomes a knight today. Paul yeah. Gabrielson, Arroyo Grande, California, $111 flat. John and Adam, thanks for the great show week after week after week after week. Please accept this donation in celebration of my 111th birthday <laughs> on 10-3. Wish I could do more. Keep up the great work. I hope he's still alive so we can celebrate it on 10-3. Or- Glenn Riccio <laughs> in Charlottesville, Virginia. Fit double nickels on a dime. Ron Paul, 2012. Schnorrestein. Sir Schnorrestein to you. Uh, in Holland, 5432-10. Fight the Obama police state. Sir Schnorra at 78 degrees north in the snow. He's in Norway, not in. Uh, he's in Norway. Yeah, he's in. He's the a guy pole. up in the north. Yeah. He's our North Pole sitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I think. I thought it was a night. Gotta actually. go visit him. He is, he is Why are we night. sitting around doing the show? We should be in Norway. Yeah, it's so awesome up there. Scott Hankel, Southland, California, five three dot four four. Justin Gearing in Manhattan, Kansas, uh, fifty bucks. Uh, the name is said Gearing. By the way, okay. Here are my CC points to buy some karma for my wife, Michelle. I'm sure she will rock her job interviews this week, but never hurts to double up. Thanks for watching all the crap so I don't have to. Yeah, we'll actually give her a little double shot there. That's one mother I like. You've got karma. Little double shot of milfage and karma. Andrew Haverson, Graven, Gravenhurst, uh, Ontario, $50. Christopher Lawton, Dartmouth, Massachusetts, $50. Alan Bean, Cal- uh, Oakland, California, uh, fifty dollars. He's uh up to five hundred bucks. He says, Dwayne Morris, Chicago, Illinois, fifty dollars. Please send a karma shot to Britain. I forget which suburb of Chicago. Congratulations on his new human resource, nine point three million dollars. He'll never see from his coworker, Dane Morris. You've got karma, Dane Morris. Greg yep. Brunsell in Kenosha, Wisconsin, fifty dollars. James Pierce, Coparus Cove or Coparus Cove, Texas. I'm sure it's Coparus. Hey, guys, consider this my small investment into your new No Agenda greeting card company. We all have enough douchebags in our life that we can send a nice gesture to. Also, card for those friends who recently found that they might be pregnant or if they refuse to go to a doctor for an illness. The card could sing, don't be a, di- a denier. The science is in. I'm in full <laughs> agreement with you. Those cards will be awesome. Okay, so what does it say on the front of the card? That's a good question. Kevin Kozen, North Hollywood, California, $50. Adam and John, here's the No Agenda's cut for the sales of the Android app, No Agenda Mobile. There's 50% of the sales after Google's 30% since the last payment I made on July 4th. Uh, Also, if you can mention one of my iOS apps, iBartender. I'd appreciate it just getting by. And finally, Robin Durden, 
no relation to Tyler. Uh, Hoboken, New Jersey, $50, and that's it for today's uh, episode of the No Agenda Show 344. And how many tenors did we get? Did we go up? Oh, you're going to go to that? I thought we were going to save that to the end. But okay, the tens have increased enormously. We have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 on the nose. And let me just check how many people are listening live right now. That is uh, 577. So we're up about 2%. Maybe three. So, uh, so, so there's like eighty, like ninety, ninety-seven percent of the people listen to this. They listen for two and a half hours straight, and then when they're done, they go. Eh. They, they go. Eh. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> they go. Eh. Okay. They should at least subscribe. Maybe they're subscribers. They should do eleven dollar eleven cent subscription. We're trying to promote that. Also, uh, people should note that if they go to noagendashow.com. Uh, I'm sorry, noagendashow.com and link to the donation page, Dvorak.org slash NA or channeldvorak.com slash NA or No Agenda Nation and link to the donation page. There is an address to which you can send checks because a lot of people don't like the idea of PayPal uh, and I don't either. No. And you can just send a check in the mail. And you can also allow your brain to be programmed. Dvorak.org slash NA. I also want to thank KJ for sending me that transceiver. So I'm wired now. I'm not licensed, but I'm wired. John. Oh, you're wired. Well, you've been wired for some time. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I, I got a rig now. I got a rig. In you case. have a rig. Is that <laughs> what you call it? Yeah, what do you call your ham radio uh, equipment? It's a rig. Yeah, what kind of rig but you I, got? But I actually have a license, so I can call it a rig. <laughs> <laughs> license to call it a rig.com. <laughs> uh, you know what? So I'm, I, I'm like... All right, I'll listen to this thing. Oh, here's Spanish dudes the whole time. No actual, no one's actually on this. No one knew what are these. <laughs> You're probably listening to the CB. <laughs> I want to also give, can I give one, give me a karma for uh, for uh, Donnie B- Bain, uh, actually for his dad. He was wondering if you request some karma for his dad who was going in for an angiogram uh, to get a stent. Okay, so absolutely. Think. We'll give you some karma for that. It's not too bad, actually. You've got karma. It feels... From what I understand, it feels weird, but it's not, it's not too bad a procedure, from what I understand. But karma for sure. Hey, also, I I got that. Uh, who's our um, our sir dentist up there near near you in Washington? Sir Sir, sir Birch. Sir, sir Birch. I got He's my in Washington. This way is named after a tree. Yes. <laughs> I got uh, my USB toothbrush. That thing's awesome. Oh but, really? Yeah. Yeah. He sent huh. me one. It's funny, you'd get a, a toothbrush, and I never got my uh, CIA challenge coin. <laughs> well, you know, do you do you really want the RFID chip that provides for tracking for the drones? If you want it, I mean, I'll send you mine. I'm sure it works. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. I, I would put it in the microwave, though, just to be safe. Thanks, everybody. Uh, it's beautiful to see all of you coming in and uh, and supporting the program. There's no other way that we uh, make any revenues in our lives, <clears throat> except for a couple of uh, columns John writes. Um, but I, he doesn't give me any of that. Uh, so if you want us to continue the work that we're doing, if you think it's valuable, please consider us. Value for value is our motto. One more time, it's at... Dvorak.org slash N-A. It's your birthday, birthday. 
we say happy birthday to Paul Gabrielson. Um, he is congratulating himself. He uh, celebrates tomorrow on the 3rd. Also, Black Knight Sir George Vanderhorst uh, congratulates his son Nathan, who turns 9 tomorrow. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. <laughs> I, missed, I need more of the slide whistle. I really do. All right, why don't you grab your blade, because we do have a, uh, <laughs> we have a knighting uh, today. Keith Edwards, step forward, my friend. Wonderful to see that you have supported the No Agenda show, the best podcast in the universe, universe with up to $1,000 in support. It's uh, critically important for us to continue this work. Therefore, we proudly present thee with the uh, honor of Sir... Keith Edwards, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, and extend that ring finger. You've got a night ring coming, my friend. Join us over here for the hot pants and booze. Good to see you. Excelente. By the way, I saw this awesome uh, movie, this documentary, uh, Moon Rising, mm-hmm. which uh, is now in its second version. And you can see it on YouTube. It's in the show notes link. <clears throat> and it and what they did is they colorized all the NASA pictures of the moon because they're all in black and white, which I've always found kind of strange. Even the Hubble telescope, everything's always in black and white. But um, they, uh, which I don't, I don't think the moon is just gray. So they co- they took uh, Earth tones and coordinated that to the moon pictures. And it's unbelievable because then you really see the moon bases, and they're big, <laughs> really, really big. The moon bases? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The moon bases. There's there's light disks hovering above uh, different sections. They show you how they've manipulated all of the NASA photographs. I think it's called, the subtitle of the movie is uh, "The Biggest Lie Never Told" or something like that. It's it's really phenomenal. It's just an outstanding documentary, and. Uh, it goes all the way to the uh, moon elevate the space elevators. Pretty cool. Yeah, the space elevator. <laughs> Have you ever heard that joke? One? <laughs> well, okay. I, you know me. I, I'm. I don't always so I, discredit it right off the bat. So I have a book to recommend for our book club. Oh, good. Governing through crime. How the war on crime transformed American democracy and created a culture of fear. Came out in 2007. Uh, it's by uh, Jonathan Simon. Huh. And I, I was I was looking at this book and also the the stats on you know we've talked about this before the prisoners in this country we got started in 1980 and just cranked way up because it's become a uh, a way of making money by enslaving you know we have a regular slave system but then we need the slaves in jail to work for 10 cents a day. And uh, so that's where, and we're trying to privatize as many as, of the jails as we can. Yeah. And so I was thinking about this when I was watching the watching for propaganda on TV, and I was, and then it just dawned on me that there was an interesting episode, the last episode of NCIS, the new season, mm-hmm. and it was called Restless Episode. Okay. And it was about an ex. It was about some girl who was abused as a child, and it turns out that the owner, uh, who's an ex-con of a restaurant uh, was the bad guy and the, the whole restaurant was still doing criminal activity even though this guy was running a legitimate business which was to give us the meme that once a con, always a con 
And and to drive this home, I thought the most interesting kind of subtext was when they went to visit the guy the first time in this restaurant that he owned, that was supposed to be legitimate, the line was out the door. That meant that the restaurant was obviously hyper-successful, and despite that, he was still a crook. Of course. And what is the point of that uh, that uh, uh, propaganda? The point is is to make sure that people realize that criminals should never be hired. They're always going to be criminals, and the criminal class is, is exactly what it is. Uh, they're dangerous. They're out there all the time. They should probably be in jail. Working. Working in, working in jail <laughs> working. for 10 cents a day. Someone else caught uh, a little propagation on Blue Bloods. Have you ever watched that show? Is that the show with Tom Selleck? I can't watch it. I find it to be, I find the pacing of that thing just unwatchable. It's also really bad acting, as uh, referenced in this clip. Thug, I was here yesterday, one me. Hey, perfect timing. We're in here now. Can you open the door for us, sir? There's a girl, young, in her 20s. Name. I'm not good with names. I call them all honey. But I thought I heard fighting coming from there when I was having my dinner last night. And what'd you do? It was dinner. When it was finished, it had already stopped. You know the signs. You see something, you say something. <laughs> you know the signs. See something, say something. Takes us right back to your Ruby Ridge thing. Actually, somebody sent uh, has a website now where they're collecting... Uh, Initially, they're collecting pictures. This guy's, I think, he's in New York. He's just collecting photos. We'll we'll post this. And where, where were you during the opening of the show? Where I actually gave the uh, the name of the website? Oh, I was in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I suggested to the guy that he open this up for everybody. It's open. I can't believe it. When I do the PR mentions, the, are you just clipping your nails? No, I'm in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Because it's see and say gallery dot org. I had this whole long rap about it. You're hurting me uh, now. Oh, well. <laughs> I think I dozed off. I, th- I, think, I think we've been married too long, honey. You're just making, you're just making, lis- you're just making listening noises now. You're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not even paying attention to me. I'm, I feel uh, hurt. That does happen. <laughs> All right. All right, let's talk about uh, Syria. Uh, back on the radar with uh, a very interesting report from Euronews who uh, I kind of like, they they do kind of just spell it out pretty plain and simple and not with too much, uh, we know it's no sound effects and, and the really slow edits. As the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador uh, Ford, was pelted with eggs and tomatoes in, uh, in Damascus. And they actually, you know, when I listen to the report, and I want to hear your, your opinion, John, so listen, please. Uh, it sounds like, Well, you tell me what you hear. The U.S. has condemned Thursday's attack on a convoy carrying their ambassador whilst he visited opposition members in Syria. Robert Ford was in the capital, Damascus, when a crowd of President Bashar al-Assad's supporters threw rocks, eggs and tomatoes at the vehicles. Earlier, he'd had to wait for help from Syrian security. Though no one was injured, a number of embassy cars were damaged. The crackdown on pro-democracy protesters continues, with Assad blaming the unrest on foreign incitement. The government claims seven soldiers have been killed fighting terrorists in the central town of Rashtan, which has mounted armed resistance after months of peaceful demonstrations. So here's what my takeaway from this report, and I want to hear your opinion. Uh, the government there says, look, there's foreign actors in here. They're, they're causing a big ruckus. They're making a stink. It's not us. 
then uh, the U.S. comes to talk to the so-called opposition party, which will be a new uh, national transitional uh, committee, and the people there say, boo, we're throwing eggs, and I don't, you only see pictures of eggs and tomatoes, no rocks, but uh, apparently they threw rocks too. So it, aren't the people of Syria saying, USA, get out, you are the ones causing this problem, or am I misreading this? You know, they're also, I, I still don't see the, the, the return to the anti-Syrian uh, memes in the New York Times. They had a picture uh, on the front page of, of, maybe it was today's or yesterday's paper, where they had, it said, Syrian protester uh, holding, you know, a, this was some person with a mask on, uh, like a, just wrapped in a, you know, like a headdress, yeah. and holding up what looked like a <laughs> yeah. big heart. And it said it supposedly said something like freedom now or something like that. Yeah. And it was one lone person in the middle of the street. There was nobody else there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One lone person. And this to me is the message that there's nothing going on. I think Syria is off the table. Well, Lucifer uh, came out. I have a couple of clippity clop clips from her. And this is not the clippity clop. We'll do that in a second. Uh, uh, unrelated topic. But she's there with the um, foreign minister of Egypt, I believe, and you know that there's about to be a script presented when Jill from CNN uh, wants to ask a question. Uh, and of course, you know, Hillary and Jill are best buddies and they're laughing it up and uh, Jill is uh, scripted to ask a question about Syria. Violations. And just, I'm sorry, one other question. I represent a lot of journalists. I know, I know. <laughs> maybe one is optional. <laughs> no, but in this yeah, but, uh, well, Jill, um, if I can remember them. Uh, Jill the shill. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the first one, uh, with respect to uh, Ambassador Ford, we've raised this uh, ugly, unfortunate incident ugly. at the highest levels of the Syrian government. We are demanding that the Syrian government take all necessary steps to protect our embassy, to protect our diplomats, in accordance with the international obligations that every country uh, must abide by. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, this, this is absolutely required. The Vienna Convention requires that host countries protect property and persons of diplomatic missions. Uh, and I must say that uh, this inexcusable assault is clearly part of an ongoing campaign of intimidation. Intimidation! Uh, aimed at not only American diplomats, but diplomats from other countries, foreign observers who um, are raising questions about what's going on what's inside going on? Syria. It reflects uh, an intolerance on the part of the regime and its supporters. Uh, and it is uh, deeply regrettable uh, that we have uh, the Assad regime continuing its uh, uh, campaign of violence against uh, its own people. Uh, so I hope that uh, First and foremost, our property, our, the persons uh, that serve in our mission will be protected along with every other diplomat from every other uh, country. But secondly, we continue to call for an end to the violence and uh, uh, we'll continue to speak out. And I think Ambassador Ford's courage and clarity uh, is uh, you know, making the point that uh, the United States uh, cannot and will not stand idly by when this kind of violence continues. Ooh. Ooh, them's fighting words. We cannot yeah. and will not... <laughs> Jill! <laughs> Hate that bitch. By the way, 
So I'm looking at this moon rising site. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> bull crap. <laughs> okay, okay. The, uh, you don't have to watch it. I like this one. Apollo 17 Earthrise photo was featured on the cover of Life magazine. They have this little arrow pointing. It says, it says the Earth should be behind the moon surface. And they've got a f- photographic anomaly. In fact, I don't even see that. That's unbelievable. This whole thing. Bad. Bad. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, Libya, cause just because we've got uh, uh, Anwar al-Aktari uh, shot by a drone, doesn't mean that there isn't stuff going on in the world. By the way, the bloodthirsty right-wingers, we got them some guy out here that got on one of the big good national shows named Brian Sussman. This guy, he said, he's going on and on about how great it was we killed this guy. And he says, then he heard the story that apparently they missed with the first shot. So the guy was running in the desert in fear. And then they nailed him. And this is just great because he knew he was like, you know, I, just, I don't understand this mentality of. of Do you remember the uh, president? Uh, I, I should have pulled that clip. Remember he said uh, to the Jonas Brothers, I got two words for you. Predator drone. No. Yeah. Don't you remember that? What? Yeah, when it was... Uh, no, I don't remember that. Oh, my God, I can't believe you don't remember that. Hold on a well, second. Well, I don't remember. You play the clip. <laughs> yeah, like like I have the clip on hand. Hold on a second. It was during the, um, you know, that uh, the, the press thing, you know, the, what he does every single year. Yeah. Oh, you mean, oh, you're talking about the... Uh, the the correspondence the dinner. The correspondence dinner, dinner, right. So he's doing his humor. Exactly. It was talking. And he to, said that in, as a humorous, as an item of humor. Yeah. That's sick. Hold on a second. Uh, Obama, Jonas Brothers, Predator Drone. Well, if that doesn't find it, here it is. Oh, I love the interwebs. But don't trust anything you find on Google because you know it's probably Jonas Brothers are here. They're out there somewhere. Sasha and Malia are huge fans. But uh, boys don't get any ideas. I have two words for you. Predator drones. There you go. Very funny, Obama. Yeah, because it turns out he'll actually do it. (laughs) Two words. I'll actually F you up, boy. So John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and I forget who the third douchebag is. They're all in Libya. Why? Why? They're there with PepsiCo. What's the business it dealing with? There must be some business action going it's on. It's only about business. And they're yeah, with... what are they they're getting in on it? <laughs> well, remember that these are the guys... He's retiring shortly. These are the guys that uh, were all for uh, the no-fly zone and and uh, removing Gaddafi. And they were out front and center. They're part of the defense committee or whatever it is. So uh, why were they out there? Well, of course, they're there with the, the CEOs of PepsiCo, the oil companies. And I have to give um, Shep Smith, Shep, Shep Smith, Studio Brief, Shep Smith. I got to give him a little props because he slipped in a little funny while he's talking to Lindsey Graham, who is a total douchebag. He, he is actually slamming Lindsey uh, Graham, uh, Graham on the air while he's talking to him. So they've left Libya now. And they had this whole thing. They're all hanging out with the TNC, which, by the way, in the UK is called the NTC. They can't even get their branding straight. So they're hanging out with the transitional national committee members who are saying, oh, it's going to be uh, uh, months until we get the government all together. Of course, you know, Gaddafi is still fighting in uh, insert. 
And uh, this, it's not done yet. But no reporting necessary, please. We don't need to know what's going on because we have Russell Simmons in uh, Wall Street. And uh, Shep Smith talks with Lindsay. He's in Malta now. He's out of Libya. And I, I, Chef Smith did a pretty good job. Well, I, I listened to you speak on there, and that sounded all peachy keen and hunky-dory. Of course, <laughs> the problem is, for 40 years, Muammar Gaddafi hasn't allowed anybody to organize, so there are no organized groups. Right. There's no way to form a government. They don't have any idea what freedom is, has been, will be. I mean, and, and the not-war is still going on in a not-war way. It, it just I like the not-war. That, that's pretty good. Sounds sort of pie-in-the-sky stuff, and an opportunity for people to go in there and make a little money and not much more. Well, I, I, you know, you described us in 1776. Uh, mm. They've got a lot of challenges. You're dead right. Their economy is crippled, but they've got a lot of oil. It's an oil-rich nation. They've got $134 billion identified. That so that's Gaddafi what this is all really about, right, Senator? Oil. Well, to me it's not. It's about having people in a region to align themselves with democratic principles and not bring down Pan Am flights with Americans on it. Uh, I think this is in our national security interest to replace Gaddafi with people who could live in peace with us and we can do business with. I'm a big believer that democracies don't go to war with each other and where you can find people willing to embrace the rule of law and democracy and fight extremists, you ought to help them. That sounds right. So about time to get over into Syria, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, Syria is a different problem, but that day is coming where the Syrian people, you know, they had 25,000 Libyans killed. 60,000 wounded, wounded 3,000 maimed. These are tough people. I mean, we can't really relate in our lifetime to living in a police state, but the folks in Syria keep coming. They keep sending in tanks. They keep sending in helicopters. You know, this idea of charting your own destiny and, and having a better life for your children is pretty contagious. I hope we'll push Assad out. I hope we'll do more embargoes, arms embargoes, and we'll speak up louder. You can't put troops into every place on the planet, but you sure can stand up for values like Ronald Reagan did during the Cold War. Valid. Senator Lindsey Graham in the Malta, just after being over there in the not-war territory in <laughs> Libya. Senator, it's nice to speak with you. Thank you very much. Jeez. I kind of I liked it. He's off the reservation. He is. Well, he's one of the 50 uh, most uh, powerful gay men in the universe. That's what they say. So I like that kind of not war thing, and it's all about oil. And then, you know, for Lindsey Graham, well, I sure hope we get Syria. Because <laughs> I got me some buddies here. We got to go on a trip, field trip. We got to go to Syria. I hope we get Syria. I really do. It's just like 1776. <laughs> what? An idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. So I, here's my clippity-clop clip. So I, uh, I'm always looking for a clippity-clop clip from Lucifer, who has hooves. And uh, she walks out through the big double doors. And she's walking out with the foreign minister of Uzbek, uh, Uzbekistan. The Uzbek foreign minister. And uh, who, by the way, it, it's the shortest press conference they've ever done. She says something, he says something through an interpreter. Which that I'm, way they can write it off. Yeah, which I'm not going to play. Uh, but, well, first off, let's just listen to Clippity Clock, because that's always fun. Here, listen. <laughs> On the rug now and off the rug. I'm delighted to uh, welcome. <laughs> she has hooves, Sounds man. Like I'm telling Budweiser wagon. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's got hooves. Clippity clop, clippity clop. And here she is. Foreign Minister Ganyak here to Washington. Uh, we are working uh, well and closely together with Uzbekistan on a number of issues, uh, and this gives us an opportunity to uh, discuss uh, matters of importance 
between our two nations as well as regional uh, issues as well. So that's all she said. And I'm like, why is she hanging out with the dude from Uzbekistan? And I had to search around, and I found it. Uh, and it's a, for me, it's a new me. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, it's something we should have been tracking, or maybe I just missed it, or whatever. Um, but Susan Rice, my other favorite woman from the State Department, who was the United States ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, kind of gave it away in the uh, United Nations Council meeting. Pakistan moves towards the 2014 transition. We know that government alone cannot grow Af- Afghanistan's economy. So we must all continue to work to create an environment that attracts private sector investment. Last week, Foreign Minister Rasul, German Foreign Minister Vestervel, and Secretary of State Clinton met with 27 of Afghanistan's neighbors and partners to advance their shared vision of a new Silk Road. The new Silk Road is an Afghan-led venture, a rallying point for securing Afghan regional and international commitments to support Afghanistan's transition and develop a sustainable Afghan economy that will benefit the whole region. So... This is about the new Silk Road, and of course, Uzbekistan is uh, an important uh, country bordering on Afghanistan. That perhaps we should go look back into history and understand what the original Silk Road was, and I thought you would be the right guy to ask. Well, uh, you throw this stuff at me out of, out of the blue. The Silk Road of, was there's a the, well, first of all. If you go to China and you float around, there's a bunch of Silk Roads. There's more than one. But the main one was to move uh, silk from uh, China across the to the in, – in, in, I don't know. I can't tell you the <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, I don't know about the Silk Road. Well, you've heard of it, haven't you? Surely you've of heard I've of it. I've been on the Silk Road. It's, well, a, it's a training. It's a training. Once you consult it's a huge the- trading route is a very famous, but there's, if you look into it, you find that there's, this is called the Silk Road, that's called the Silk Road, you know. The ancient Silk Road had Afghanistan at its heart of lucrative trade routes between Asia and the West. The new Silk Road will involve modern highways, rail links, and energy pipelines. So this is the new thing. Clinton met with 27 neighbors. Can you even name 27 countries around Afghanistan? 27? I think there's like four. So so the way this works is we go in, we let the CIA guard the poppies so that they can uh, sell it and make their money to go drone people, drone American citizens. The army does the work. Yeah, but, but, but the CIA is selling it. Yeah, yeah. The army protects the 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 poppy, so the CIA can go sell it and drone people because they need money for their drones. And then, yeah. meanwhile, we're building a new Silk Road right through Afghanistan, and you know, you know that they were there with all the big industrialists. So this whole thing was—it's why does no one even report a little bit on this? This is not from a news report. This is from the United Nations video feed, which is real video. This takes actual work to get it. Well, what do you think? Yeah, well, it's not happening. But the, but watch for this meme, the new Silk Road, to keep, to, to keep popping up. We'll be talking about it more and more and how great it is. And this is what's going to end. Why do we need a Silk Road in a day of aviation? 
Oh, no, 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 John. I, I, do I really have to tell you that? You, you know that that's just... Uh, All aboard, train's good, plane's bad. Woo-hoo. Come on. You know better than to ask that. Well, I'd like to see some trains running through those Afghani uh, mountains, yeah. Well, it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. What you're saying is that this is just a big money grab, waste of money. Yeah. Well, not waste of money. It's going to be yeah, good for somebody, waste. not for us. Uh, President Sarkozy, by the way, was in uh, Tangier, Casablanca, to kick off the new high-speed rail line there, which uh, France is paying for with $4.1 billion. Well, that's a waste of money. <laughs> well, someone must think it's good. I love this uh, story about trains in Gitmo Nation East. The National Express East Anglia train ground to a halt. Under the baking midday sun outside of Ipswich in Suffolk, after coolant levels dropped, causing the engine to cut out. It was a whopping 70 degrees. Passengers, bemused passengers, the report says, sitting in these stuffy carriages, heard a desperate plea over the tannoy from the driver for bottled water. So apparently, people had to bring their bottled water to put it into the engine as coolant because the great trains in in the United Kingdom crap out at 70 degrees. It was so hot. Unbelievable. (laughs) No, believe it. Just believe it. It's sad. I wish this train thing would would end. It's kind of ended in this country. Except for California, of course, we're still going, moving ahead with a project that will never be finished. Well, it's still in the uh, it's in the Jobs Act. It's in the age in the AJ in the American Jobs Act. Yeah, well, we already know that's not going to pass. So, oh, some some parts of it may. You don't know. You don't know. All right. Um, let's see. You got anything else? Uh, well, let me see here. I do have the BBC saying that uh, in Northern Ireland, they're now also linking uh, the swine flu vaccine to narcolepsy. And they're blaming it all on pandemics, pandemics, I'm sorry, pandemics. Uh, Really? Yeah. So that appears to actually, there appears to be some truth to it. They can't get around it. Well, I thought it was an internet rumor. I thought it was bull crap. No, no, it's not. Apparently it's true. But you can't trust the internet for that kind of stuff. You have to ask your teacher if it's okay. I have an odd clip. I never know quite what to do with it. I, I, what, I know what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to clip out this guy's voice uh, and use it in the clip show, which is where this guy says, better safe than sorry. It's probably one of the most wimpish sounding men uh, in the world saying better safe than sorry. Um, they're trying to ban some... Uh, fairly safe uh, uh, actually it's a soil it's kind of a soil conditioner uh, fumigant uh, methyl iodide which has been proven safe and they're trying to replace it, it, it's, it's an agricultural story they're trying to replace methyl bromide with this stuff because methyl bromide is quite, quite toxic and um, and so there's some guy out of the blue uh, who's obviously corrupt uh, doesn't is trying to pass some law, but just play this and listen to this guy's voice and tell me this is an, a, a keeper. Reports the pesticide has caused any illnesses. While no grower in Monterey or Santa Cruz County has requested using the pesticide, Monning doesn't want to wait until that happens. 
Better safe than sorry. Let's be methodical. Let's review the science. <laughs> so far, methyl iodide is approved in all 50 states. <laughs> Who is that jabroni? <laughs> so here's a product that hasn't been approved. Nobody's using it. Nobody's going to use it. Uh, it's, it's illegal everywhere. But he wants to ban it for some unknown reason. Uh, and he says better safe than sorry, which to me is the classic, you know, asshole uh, saying better safety. You can say that about anything. I mean, we were, when I was, when I was the editor of InfoWorld, we used to, we were, when in the early days of, com, of laptop computers, there, the uh, FAA was banning uh, their use on airplanes under all circumstances. Uh-huh. And you, and you, it, you, there was documentation that shows that it, there was no reason to do this. And the common thing that you, you start asking around about this and the common thing they keep throwing back at you, well, yeah, there's no evidence they do anything, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Better be safe than sorry. I find it highly annoying. Whenever I hear somebody say that, I just get irked. Uh, all right. My last clip is from the president. That I could be when I was in high school. And certainly not when I was in middle school. Um... I did not love every class I took. I wasn't always paying attention the way I should have. Uh, I remember when I was in eighth grade, I had to take a class called uh, ethics. Now, ethics is about right and wrong. But if you'd asked me what my favorite subject was back in eighth grade, it was basketball. (laughs) I don't think ethics would have made it on the list. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) You don't say yeah, every right-wing talk show pulled that one out of the blue. Really? Yeah, see, I don't listen to any of that crap. Yeah, well, I do. It, but it was actually interesting because he goes on for another 10 minutes about what ethics really are, uh, or really is, and uh, I kind of pulled a right-wing talk show move here on you, because if you really listen to the clip and you just play that piece, it's way out of context. Yeah. But still funny. I'm sure it was. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. I agree, it's funny. It's funny. But I mean, I don't understand what where his, where his speechwriters are coming from anymore. I, I think they, you know, when they was doing speeches early in his uh, in two thousand eight, they had this superstar kid that was doing all the speeches. Supposedly, remember this guy? Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever happened to him? He's now a writer in Hollywood. Something. Yeah, he no, did, no, no. He's not working there anymore. No, he uh, he left to go write for uh, uh, TV shows. Is this right? Yeah. Hold on a second. What was the guy's name? It was. Uh, Obama speech writer. He's like Hollywood. 18 or something. He was a kid. Guys, he's a little older now. Let me see. Uh, John Lovett. Here it is. Award-winning comedian and an Obama speech writer uh, has, is escaping the White House for the glitz and glam of the Inland Empire where he hopes to make a name for himself as a Hollywood screenwriter. What's his name? John Lovett, L-O-V-E-T-T. John Lovett, like the comic? Yeah. <laughs> J-O-N-L-O-V-E-T-T. And, uh... It stinks. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's always been a dream of mine to write comedy and be creative, said the 29-year-old. So he's 29 now? Is that the same guy? Seems a little uh, old. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that is him. He was a wunderkind. Yeah, he, uh, writing well, roast. he blew it by losing him. Oh, yeah. Lovett has warmed his comedy chops in D.C., writing roasts for Hillary Clinton early in his career and going into something his former boss, David Axelrod, called Comedy Overdrive for Obama's White House Correspondence Dinner. Oh, he probably wrote the Jonas Brothers joke. (laughs) Good job. Good job. Tasteless. Yeah.
Uh, All right, everybody. Hey, I'm off to Austin tonight. Oh, is tonight the night? Yeah, we're going to go for uh, three days, actually two days, flying back uh, early Wednesday morning. Very early. How's the weather in Texas right now? Um, during the day, about 90 degrees. Sun, sunny. It's slightly warm. But I think you're getting you're getting storms in L.A. from that Mexican thing. Yeah, the Mexican I had last night is causing storms. A bit. Hey, we will uh, be back again on Thursday right here. Please remember to support the program. We need all the help we can get. In the morning, everybody. My name is Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, John C. Dvorak. Talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A